Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at Iconic Life. Bonsai balls! They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations and download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl. Healthy, delicious. Ashland. Hard seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only 100 calories. All organic. No sugar. Also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. Also supported by Octopus, the massive corporate juggernaut. Octopus, making stuff for people who actually surf. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. <sighs> this week's guest, he doesn't like to wear shoes as I'm pointing down. Yep. He doesn't. He never serves with a leash that I know oh, of. Oh, there you go. Loves coffee and appreciates a good bottle of red wine. God, I just... You talking about me, dude? Hey, <laughs> that's what I do. He's got more energy and froth than any Grom I know with a huge smile to go with it. That's so, true. He's a former World Tour competitor. He's a big part of the momentum generation. And he, <laughs> and he really gained a celebrity status. Doing what? During the Endless Summer uh, yeah. remake, Endless Summer 2, mm. one of the leading roles. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody From already Momentum knows. Generation to Endless Summer 2. This like, guy, everybody already knows who this is. Bro. Bro. Come on. Yeah. Then he, uh, Those were good times. Dude, we're going to hear all about it. Bro. Then he spent 15 years at Hurley in sports marketing. Yep. Dang. Been a long time. Then he You're went back. Old. Then he went back on tour. Yeah, I did. With the WSL. For two years. For two years. Back on tour. We're going to hear about that. And then he just made a huge power move. 
Huge, huge power move. I'm so proud of you. I'm huge. so stoked. Huge. And we were talking about how impeccable our timing is sometimes. And this is like, we're right here. Yeah. Are we On your first cast. podcast? First podcast. For, yes. Since the new? Yes. New? You're damn right it's his first podcast. President? Presidente? El Presidente? Of Florence Marine X. We welcome Pat. Patch. Pato. O'Connell. Yeah, boys. Bro. Yeah, bro. Bro. Dude. Mr. Pat O'Connell. We got a lot to get through. That's yeah. a lot. of. We packed a lot into there. Dude, get there's that. so much to talk about. I hope uh, we have a sleeping bag. <laughs> um, so just in case you So, So in other words, people who are driving, don't listen to this. So you yeah. may fall asleep. It, it, sometimes we have to take two. You know, yeah. split it up. So this might be that. We don't Dude, know. thank you for no, yeah. thank you guys. coming on. This, this is, is an great. honor and a privilege. I mean. This is my honor and privilege. Yeah. Bro, this is insane. Yeah. So this guy, dude. Okay, we've known each other for a really long time. That's yeah, what's you really guys scary. have known each other for a really long yeah. time. Yeah. Like this is yeah, yeah. We we're getting up there. We really <laughs> didn't connect to like kind of more pro serving because he's a few yeah. years older than me. And we yeah. missed like competing at the amateur level. Yep. Yeah, he's old. Like I am old. <laughs> but dude, you know what's funny is yeah. like here he is starting a new gig. Yes. Right? An insane new gig, president, yeah, president of this new gig, yeah. And he's looking like thinner and more fit than I'm trying. Like he's like getting ready for this, you know, yeah. new position. Hey, your 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 office is right on PCH. It's right pretty across crazy. the street from Newport Beach. You talked about the drive and the hours in the car. Now you get to run across the beach to go or Dude, street to go bro, to the beach. Oh, you're so psyched. Yeah, it's really good. And, the, and those guys are psyched. It's really fun. Like, honestly, the, um, I think we, as, you know, as you get older too, it's like, it's so important to have things that you like to do, but also like have that accessibility in your lifestyle Yeah. and being able to get in the water every day is like, you know, there's certain things like, um, you know, that you can't do without. That's one of them. That's like, yeah. have to do that. Yeah. And I mean, I'm still like a little grommet. I'm still, yeah, you are yeah, awesome. at, at lunch, like putting I, my wetsuit I think we up. might have to fight for that title. Though. I was yeah. just going to say, <laughs> this guy's ultra grom. Yeah. You might be a little jaded with all the good waves you had in your life. His, his best waves is Golden West or, or Maghurst. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> <great>. Secret spots. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start at the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. Where was uh, your first first waves? First introduction to surfing, yeah. So I grew up in Chicago, which um, isn't like the most likely path. Yeah, Chicago, there's no wave pools there. No, but I did the windy city. I have gone surfing in Chicago since, which was funny. But um, yeah, so I I moved to California um, when I was twelve, and so I so not till twelve years old. Yeah, wow, it was a trip. I mean, did you know about surfing? at that age or I mean growing up at all did you like you know what you do like I mean you think about it like any kid that's back in the Midwest like they think they have a um, you know California is Hollywood it's whatever right Disneyland and yeah exactly totally were you you into skateboarding back then no there was nothing like I mean I was a bat and ball kid like I was baseball football well not football of my size (laughs) I was going to say basketball but certainly not my size (laughs) But I was really, really into athletics, like, yeah. and that was my thing. And so when we moved out, it was kind of a blow. I was like, oh, shit. Um, and where did you move to? We moved first to Newport. We moved uh, right at the top at Promontory Point. And I used to take the little ferry. I used to skip. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. 
Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're down, take the ferry across the thing and try to find a way. I kind of like started surfing blackies was kind of my, my, my thing. And, um, so and you, wait, you moved from, from Chicago, Chicago. Yep. Newport Beach. Yep. Summer, like a summer move or yeah, it was, was it a, winter? Because it's always kind of like... It was end of summer. And so I went straight into school. And then like as we were finishing that first school year, we had relocated down to Dana Point. Mm, so you moved pretty quick down there. We did. So it was kind of like, I, I want to say the last, like literally the tail end of my school year, I was commuting from... Sixth New- grade? Yeah. No. Eight. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah, to all the way from Dana Point up to Newport for school and back, um, and so then you know I, the group I was around was like Mark Bellinger and Vinny De La Pena and Casey Curtis, all those guys. We would, you know, it was, you know, every day, all day, we would yeah. just camp out at the beach, and I mean, we used to get into so much fun, like it was classic. And you know, so wait, twelve years old, you moved to Newport. Yep. Did you? Discover surfing in Newport first? Kind of, kind yeah. Of. I was like, you know, just like anyone, like tr- trying to learn to stand on a board. And I, yeah. I got the wrong board. It was like, you know, this little surfboard and I thought I could do it. And, you know, whatever. It's just like this typical things that... And who, who, did, who took you out? Your dad didn't surf. He came from Chicago. You just saw I people. kind like, of just did it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just... You know, I remember I used to put my wetsuit on when I'd leave the house, and I'd wear my wetsuit all day and just peel the thing. I would pee in it and just, I mean, you could just imagine. I mean, and just the ring around the neck, like, just such a classic grown We still have that, right? We still have that. Um, but, so I did that for, you know, for a while, and I mean, I just didn't know any better. Like, yeah, you know, and just like, hey, so, so it was funny because my, really when we moved down to Dana Point was when, like, things changed because... That was when I had like a real like friend group, yeah. and that was that crew, and, and that's it, a, a stacked. It was, but it wasn't like talented we, group of kids. We, to, but you're just frothing groms. You're not really like yeah. sizing up anybody. You're like, oh, new kid. Were they pretty open? Dude, it was great because we used to go and like that hill at Salt Creek. This is before they sort of cut back all the bushes. But it was like a little jungle. We would hang our stuff there, and we would. I mean, we would literally be there in the dark both sun up to sundown. Yeah. And it was just about like I mean, I probably didn't really get to my feet most days, but I was in the water all day screwing around and you know, we would try to catch squirrels and then we would, you know, go up and I mean, we used to um there was a snack bar and we used to like, you know, when they do deliveries, we'd have like little 
fire drill where we would one grommet would jump in the truck and throw out a, a loaf of bread and the next guy would run and throw it to the next one and I mean we were just kids and it was so fun surviving yeah, yeah. we were surviving we it was like yeah Lord that's of the what, Flies Lord of the Flies that's what the kids yeah that's what you do homie I mean that and I don't I don't think that's the same this, this day I don't know I, like I think it, it is and it isn't but like I think, I think it's it's some somewhat of that for sure yeah. like yeah. kids it just it's more crowded yeah so it's like you know I was thinking about it as like I was saying is you know that same situation now the traffic is times a hundred it's so yeah. crazy down at the beach so it's yeah. like you know and those be and those and those trees they let them grow they had grown up so much like I mean the it's interesting I was down there the other day with my son and we were walking through those paths that the trees still haven't grown in from where we used to leave our stuff. So crazy. And it's like, it's just, it's in, but the trees just haven't grown because they keep hacking them off. Yeah. Um, How I, funny. Yeah. So, so what was your first surfboard? So my first surfboard was from Lineup Surfboards. Lineup? Yes. It, Jack Sykes. Yep, Jack Sykes. Um, my parents got it for me. It was a five foot surfboard um, that for me and I was just learning where did your parents get the Jack Sykes they got it at Newport Surf and Sport and uh, it was just a trip and so I had that board for god I don't know how long I had that um, brand that, new though brand new that was um, I don't know if it was brand new thruster it, it was a thruster yeah and I, I rode that for a while and it was like that thing of just learning how like you know I was never a big kid but still five foot is so little like kids now like you grow up on a you know, you do the classic North Shore. You ride the bigger one to smaller, like right. You start working your way down. Yeah. Working your way down, and I just rode this little teeny thing. And my mom would laugh because she would, uh, she she would just. I remember her saying something to the effect like, "You can have the worst day surfing, and you're still smiling. <laughs> and if you go do other things, if it's not perfect, you're miserable." And I was kind of like, "Oh, that's that's kind of how I feel." That's a great observation yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, you know, she kind of could tell like you really like this because. You know, you don't I complain. Yeah, did you continue to do? Uh, well, that was the other thing. I was doing those other sports. I was playing soccer and baseball when I came here, but I wasn't having any fun. And that's why she said, "Look, you know, you're doing these other things, and you don't seem very happy. You go to the ocean and you're swimming and surfing all day. You're not very good at it, but you're having way more fun." <laughs> I'm like, "That's kind of true." <laughs> I mean, I would come like black and blue. The board would hit me, and I just, "Yep, fine. Who cares?" Yeah. You know, it's still just, stoked. Still stoked. Gonna do it again. Yeah. I mean, you gotta realize, like, so, like, growing up in Chicago, a kid from the Midwest. Um, I mean, I would get a bike at Christmas, and until Easter, you wouldn't be able to ride it because there's still snow and it's too cold. <laughs> yeah, that's, true. that's crazy. Yeah, all we're so sudden, spoiled here. We don't. Yeah. We don't even realize it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, like, not to sort of fast forward so radically, but it's like you think about all these poor people going through the same thing we all had to live through, which is COVID. We got to go jump in the ocean, go surfing every day. Yeah. Like we, yeah. you know, the sanity level is high. The insanity is low because it's like we got to, you know, you yeah. still got, got to, still bent, yeah. got to exercise or outdoors. Yeah, scratch the itch. Yeah. So, so your first board was Jack Sykes. That's, mm -hmm. that's fun. Random, right? Lineup. Yeah. So random. And then. But that was a big label back then. It you was. Know? Like yeah. for sure. Like yeah. it wasn't just a random like. No. Yeah. But you're good. living in Dana Point. Yep. Um. And you know you mentioned Vinny De La Pena, Casey Curtis. Yeah, those are gnarly dudes that you know yeah. surf really freaking well. Yeah, is right? that weird? So so out of that, <laughs> your 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 um your Groms. Yeah, who was like the standout and how Mark Bellinger? 
Yeah. He yeah. was, he was, and, and Tim Reardon was in there. I always forget Tim because he was like one or two years younger, but uh, yeah, Tim and, and uh, yeah, Bellinger was like the guy. Yeah. He was, he was naturally gifted and really, really smart. He was sort of the old soul of our groms. Yeah. And so if this was the sort of Lord of the Flies, he was the dude, yeah. right? And uh, and the, the heavy dudes, the older guys, Crick Shank. Yep. Kevin Snips, Billy. Kevin Billy. Yep. Chris was Billy. GT out there too? GT was out there too. All those guys. Um, but so so it was it was such a great... Uh, Pat Allen. I don't know if you know, yeah. you know Pat, but Pat was sort of like the... Pat was probably the best surfer outside of Crookshank and those guys like you know but he really took us grommets under his wing you know and like we felt somewhat invincible it was kind of like a great scenario to grow up in at the beach you felt protected and it was cool and you know you always think the waves were better back then always right always Um, well I I honestly think they might have been because of like El Nino years yeah you know yeah because it seemed like when I was growing up, it seemed like the waves were bigger. <laughs> I think also the sand, the the, the sand change has yeah. is radical. I've noticed yeah. the last couple of years. Just remember, Whoa. there was like pier pilings in in the yeah at Salt Creek. Yep. Yeah. That's when. It was but even really good. even lowers after Maria, right? Was it Marie? Marie, Marie? made yeah changed a little bit for sure. Yeah. I don't think it has the same. I mean, it's still obviously really good, but I, I you know and. It could be certain years where you get a lot more runoff and you know sand moves and stuff, but yeah, yeah. it's it's just different. You know, I think perspective. You're a little grom, and it doesn't take much to get you stoked. I remember walking around Disneyland, and I thought it was like the the, the biggest park ever. The right everything was just ginormous, and then you go there now with your kids, and you're like, dude, is wait, this I just it? walked around this whole place in like 20 minutes. Like yeah. this, this is it? No, you know, way. like you just. You yeah. know, everything's out of scale. Yeah, that's and, such a trip. Yeah, like, I mean, it's so, That's actually a great analogy, right? Yeah, now. like, you walk around, and you're like, I used to think that was so far away, and it's like, you go around the corner, it's right yeah. there, and you go around the corner, it's right there, you go around the corner, it's right there, you're like, huh. What a trip. Right. yeah. So, so Bellinger was the guy, the kid. For that sure, was, for sure. Out. You know, he was on a cover of Breakout Magazine, you remember that? <laughs> yeah. He was in Breakout Magazine, and he was like 13 or 14 years old. Yeah. You know, um, I mean... Yeah, it was uh, it it was also an interesting time because Salt Creek um, was kind of like an epicenter because Larry was shooting, and so Larry would shoot. You know, he oh was, Salt Creek Cover Beach. Yep, there you go. <laughs> but but dude, it was, you know, and I, and I honestly think that that was part of that. Ashland <laughs> Hard Seltzer. <laughs> I feel like we're in a what's that? <laughs> Wayne's it? World. It's, it's not like, really a podcast. It's, it's a great. commercial. <laughs> it's so Wayne's World. Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Pat's Pepsi. World. Pat's World. Yeah. The next generation. Yeah. No Pepsi. So does bad. Yeah. Good. <laughs> oh my god. So so uh, Bellinger. Yeah. Got the cover, Breakout Magazine. Yeah, but like the 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 environment of growing up there because yeah. all the surfers had to go and surf with Larry. Yeah. And so, you know, um, Greg Arnett lived down the street. So he would have Tom Carroll come and stay and Potts. Yeah. Potts out of town. Greg Arnett? Yeah, Greg lived just... The, the glasses designer? Yeah. No way. Yeah, so did he, he surf? Oh, yeah. Greg was a great really? surfer. I did not know that. So Greg lived just down the street, just outside of um, where I lived. And so... You know, Tom Carroll would come stay with them for a while, and Potts used to stay with Mike Crookshank. Um, 
you know, and, and this is when I started to meet more people and like Kelly would come stay with me and like, I mean, man, the... the, the you're saying Kelly Slater? Yeah. Okay, but before we get to, to yep. that, when, when did you and your friends start surfing contests? So They were already probably in them. Pretty soon. Like, yeah, so pretty soon. So, you know, like at 12, I kind of got moving pretty quick and, you know, it's around guys that were surfing. Yeah, people were surfing good and it's like... You know, okay, cool. I learned to how not to fall really fast. And then I'm like, okay, I could do it better. And, you know, by the time I was 13, I was like starting to compete. Hmm. And um, so pretty much right into it. Kind of, you know, I was really into it. Like when I first started, I'm like, you know, I was saying like my mom noticed, like I was, you know, I was doing the early mornings and I was going before school even um, because I was close enough and I was, you know, running either running from the house or riding a moped, yeah. which was a, just a terrible idea. <laughs> Want to die? God. Moped with one with arm? Board <laughs> under here, driving yeah. down to the beach and just... I'm know. in and out before the cops are up, you know? Oh, like, I'm going to get home before school. At 13 years old? <laughs> oh, it was Go ahead, Pat. Go I ahead. took my brother's moped all, all the, time. the time. Sit on the board going out the bag. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and yeah, and so... You know, you do that in the morning. You go out and hammer out a surf before school and just... And I actually, like, it was funny because I would uh, trip out on how much better I was at school after surfing. Like, I just... Yeah, you, get that, you, get, you, to, you get that energy level yeah. out. You feel like you started the day off on the right foot and happy. Yeah, for sure. I notice it in myself mm-hmm. and kids, you know. And, and it's hard to do it today, but it's it's like, you know it when you... It's like, dude, I feel when so When do you ever get out of the water and you're really... Never. Bumped. I mean, yep. almost never. It does happen yeah. every once in a while, and it's like pretty much have, never. But pretty much never. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe point two percent of the time. Yeah, point yeah. <laughs> zero. Yeah. yeah, and so so that's kind of how it started. So I started competing right away, and um, you know, didn't nothing spectacular, but just doing like WSA was like a thing, and you know, I didn't <clears> really do the NSSA for a while, um, but yeah. That's kind of how it started. And Bellinger and, and Vinny De La Pena, those guys were Bellinger doing the same really ones, or were they yeah. doing... Bellinger didn't really compete much. Yeah. He didn't... He was sort of a more of a free spirit. Mm. Um, yeah, and Vinny, less so in NSSA, it was funny, yeah. is that, like, I didn't really think about it till you asked. Like, I think those guys, like Casey did the NSSA stuff, Reardon did the NSSA. I don't think the other guys did, um... And for whatever reason, I, I don't know, but just, um, yeah, we did those. And, and then, you know, then it sort of kind of pulled together in like this USA team environment, which was, uh, you know, Rob Machado, Taylor Knox, you know, yeah. Kelly. And that's kind of where, you know, the little Salt Creek grew, crew kind of connected to like the US team sort of thing yeah. and yeah. started to kind of take shape. Yeah. And then that like, you know, again, that sort of then pushed forward to the momentum thing. Like I, it all sort of started along those lines. Yeah, I think the compet, like the amateur years, is where you learned and like network. ultimately network. Yeah. But you know, yeah. also develop like relationships with people that aren't at your own beach. You know, you have your friends at home, yeah. and now you're like, oh, I live up in Santa Cruz. Oh, I'm in San Diego. I'm here, and then you start like. Come sleep on my couch. Come stay here for the contest. Come yeah. over there. Like you come here, I come. You know, and you yeah. really start that those bonds early, and it's. I mean, it's 
where else in what other sport are you going to have that like so ability? Yeah. yeah. And you know, you're, you're getting chaperoned by, by parents and the parents talk and it's like, Oh my kid. Yeah. They're just going to go surf and I'll take, the, you know, like it was still like that. I feel like, and it's loose, yeah. but, but it's, you know, it's all for the, good, the right, right purpose, you know, yeah. right reason. So, yeah. uh, what did you, who was your first sponsor or what other boards did you start writing after that? Yeah, it's probably Infinity or something. Or who's down there? Like, Dude, that, that's a great question. I want to say, how come I don't know this? It might have been Greg Arnett, actually. He was at Oakley at the time. He was a, um, but he also owned a surf shop called Ocean Moves. Ocean in, Moves? Yeah. Greg yeah. Arnett, the sunglass. Arnett sunglass designer. Owned a surf shop too. Yeah, he and it was in like Lake. That Fork. is freaking crazy. Yeah. So, did you ever know this? No. That's kind of rad. Yeah. So, and he surfed. Oh yeah, Arnie, he ripped. Yeah, he's I a goofy surfed. I, I think I think GT talked about it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember? But he. Yeah. That's a trip. Yeah. But he worked for Oakley. Before. He worked for Oakley. Okay. Yep. And. um so I think he might have been my first. I also rode for Beach Town. I had a lot of like Beach Town. <laughs> the logos that are like yes, wait, you'd wait. have to like tilt them to get the dumbest them logo the ever. Like what? What the hell is Dude. Beach Town? Hey man, I ride for Beach, Beach Town. Town. Yeah. Well, Snips used to ride for him. Yeah. And I thought Snips was cool, and I was like, okay, he rode for O'Neill and Beach Town. Yeah. And Stewart. I want yes. that. Yeah. And I was like, cool man. Because yeah. I remember I was hoping you would say Randy Slick. Oh, Randy. Oh, well, I served... Because that was uh, Bellinger's board. That was Bellinger's. Yeah. He was riding our sleighs, but... Because he rode for Newport Surf Company and Mike Garrett and those guys. Yeah. And so they had... He was a... Well, and along that group was Jeff Yokiyama yeah. and Maui and Sons. Yeah. Wow, we're old. I know. We had him on the podcast. Yeah. Yoki? Yeah. yeah he's epic. Amazing. He's epic. Unbelievable. Greatest human. Yeah. What a good dude. Yeah. I mean... It, it's it is really funny though like as we talk about and I think you're right Jay like one of the things that I found when I was young and, and why I think surfing is such a great thing is I think it forces young people to interact with a whole range of different people in the lineup yeah. without their parents and and what I think is important is that they they need to learn to thrive in that ecosystem and if they're an asshole they're getting checked yeah. They're getting checked. Yeah. If they're, if, you know, if they, it's, it's a little bit of, it's a microcosm of life, like where, hey, the better they get, the better waves they get, the more time they put in, the better they get. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's a little bit of like, it's a slice of life, yeah. right? Yeah. And, um, you know, if Gosh, you're... that's such a great analogy of, of what we've seen. We've seen and we, we wish we, it, yeah. we wish it was still like that sometimes, right? Some so, of that. Yeah. So, so not the beating up of people, but like just learning the respect and the hierarchy of like you got to earn yep. your spot. Yeah, and and I think for kids though it's important because it's a great it's a great way of like their social behavior and how they're going to interact in society. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of these other things like and I use golf as a terrible example, but you you know you pay to play, you go and you have your tee time. It's very set up. Yeah. You know, and and you very structured. You sort of play with the group that you came with. Surfing is, you paddle out, it's a different group of people. Yeah, there may be a few of the local people, but yep. there's a lot of different people that surf every different lineup. And so you need to find a way. And the ocean is changing. And 
yeah. you know um, and, and you need to understand you need like you start to learn about the tides and the wind and swell directions and all these things that make your wave yeah. do the thing that you like that you, it does you, yeah you, you gotta invest not just in like your board and going out and the local you, you do you have to look at you know the winds and the swell charts and everything and that comes in time and experience and all that and you know you know if you want to if you want to get good you got to you got to invest yeah, you know you like in anything in anything, in yeah. anything. so so you don't remember your first board sponsor no i i really, damn it i know mine was robert august <laughs> was it really yeah all right Short yeah. Board. yeah. He yeah. Put junior, you don't remember your first board. He put sponsor. junior power on my brother was power and I was junior power and that was what he signed. That's really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, because we were the scrawniest little skinny kids, but that I guess that's through so spray. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, so who was your first clothing sponsor? Beach Town? I might have been, yeah. 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 What what, what surf shop did you hang out, Greg's? No, because Greg's was way Oh yeah, in you said inland. So was. so um gosh, that's a really good question. You know, actually, when I uh, I spent a lot of time at, at um, Surfside because I would still come up here. Yeah. When I first moved to Salt Creek, I was actually kind of scared of it. Yeah. And I would take the bus up here and surf Blackies because it was a thing I knew. Yeah. So I spent You're a lot of time with it. Yeah, I spent a lot of time at Surfside when it was down there, right behind Blackies. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lennon still surfs Blackies when it gets overhead. I surfed it last week. Yeah, because it was overhead. <laughs> <laughs> Just- <laughs> I did. So shut your mouth. Oh, I, will. I love it. No, but we, you know, going back to like why I think that Blackies is a really good wave, you guys. It is. That why that uh, it actually is fun. Why that surf shop experience as a kid is so important. You talked about relationships, you know, in mm. the water at the at the beach and all of that. But you know, growing up in the surf shop, you not only like kind of get to see the without like subliminally like you see the transactions going down you see commerce happening and it's yeah. not like you're going there with mom and dad because why what else would you go to any retail store as a kid you yeah. wouldn't unless you're like right. invested into the unless store at the mall and you want chicks you know <laughs> they had a movie plane they had the counters with all the stickers and stickers were like cool. well if you could snag a few stickers and you know, at, at school, but just that that environment, you know, is yeah. is so crucial. Well, I just think, the, as a kid, and the smell, and the smell, smell. yeah. I mean, coconut and rubber. Aren't you just remembering, like, <laughs> taking the bus there, surfing your brains out? You got two dollars in your pocket, so you get your pizza, your coke, and then walk into the Snickers, shop. Twinkie, Ding Dong, yep. Down Later, and they would have, and they'd have like a little TV <laughs> playing. They'd have a surf video playing, yeah. And you'd hang out and you'd grab boards. You knew nothing about what you were looking at, but you'd you put would check every arm. board, every board in the rack. <laughs> this looks cool, and you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, you look at air spray. Yeah. How much can I get that for? Yeah, you did look at <laughs> air spray. Yeah, you would, it, you'd be drawing your own, you're doodling air sprays, and you go in and you see. That was exactly what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when did you figure out, like, you know, you, you said you progressed pretty quickly. Yep. Right? And you started surfing contest. And then you, you got on the USA team. team. National team. NSSA? Or is that different? Different. different. So the NSSA yeah. was, it was not like a sort of competing squad. It was sort of like, okay, you've achieved enough to where you've, you're basically, you know. You're sponsored by the team. That's right. Yeah. They, uh, the USA team is what Simpo's doing now, right? Yeah. That's exactly okay. what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the ISA, you know, it's part of the a larger 
so international federation. Yeah. Yeah. And so what it happened was, yeah, US. NSSA. Yeah. And it was, it was even more focused than us cause it wasn't necessary. It was Hawaii, but not necessarily as like, it was one step above. And so what we did, what the the ISA was, um, there wasn't the pro junior at the time, like the WSL or ASP weren't doing pro juniors. So the ISA was sort of the pro junior. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was only every other year. And so every two years. Yep. Um, so 1990 was the year that um, we went to Japan. And so that was Kelly, Rob, Taylor, myself, uh, Jeff Deffenbaugh, yeah. uh, CC Betcheloff was on the team. CC. Yep. That was our that was our bossy. Yeah, I was so actually gonna, hold on I, a second. I was actually going to talk about like I think you and Cece were in Minihuni for about four years, <laughs> 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 or boys or something. I heard, I heard uh, yeah, yeah. Know, I, we, we, we could skim over that, but I just <laughs> Pat, you did that. I did that. Yeah. Well, you, was, you were lying about your age so you could stay down a division. The first the first contest I ever surfed was at Salt Creek, and I surfed. A, out of my age group but here's what's really heavy so the very next day so and it was only one heat it wasn't yeah. like it was like a um, it, yeah there was not enough kids it's like a, you're in the final yes yeah and so um you know and this is literally like so you you think about i moved from chicago this is like within that first year and so literally the very next day i take off in a way but guy drops in on me and his board comes and it's imagine this the fin sticks into the tear duct of my, literally sticks. And I, I like come up and it's, I have to pull it out. Oh my Shut up. So I had to go have, like, so it was one of these things in my mind. I'm like, okay, that happened because of that. Okay, I learned my lesson, but I had to <laughs> have surgery. And they put a, like a, yeah, this tear, like a, a silicone tube in my eye. Shut the Free. front door. Yeah, it's pretty wild, right? Like mm -hmm. the first couple times of surfing? No, probably about six, eight months in. Holy crap. Yeah. 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 I, you know what's funny is... Mom's was like, the, yeah, maybe go back to soccer and uh, baseball. Go back to Chicago. <laughs> well, and so... This I, shit is, I, is rough. I, I tell, um, because one of the things is that, they, you know, people will say, hey, when you when you go up, put your hand up. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, Always yeah, yeah, yeah. Always protect your face and head. Yeah. That was the exact thing I did not do. I pushed off the bottom and the board hit me. So now I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> hand up. Hand up. For sure. I mean, and that's, I mean, it's how learning how to fall, you know, and, yeah. and putting your hands up and never go head first. You know, like that's all stuff. Dude, you, it's important. You, you need to learn and so, early. So going back, you're, you're getting really good at surfing. You're, you made the U.S. team. Yep. And how was that to your like self-esteem and like confidence and your parents like you know it was so it was really cool like so yeah i can so imagine that time for like and i i have a feeling if you ask rob and kelly and Taylor, like it was probably the best time of our lives or for sure within you know yeah. i mean kelly's had some pretty good time of <laughs> so, slight yeah you yeah. might so but it was like you know you're young and it's like kind of everything is what are you like 14 15 no it's about 16, 16 17 16 or 17 yeah and uh we're going to um japan for the world uh you know the world event yeah and you know we actually and this is pretty cool 
we actually really liked hanging out together. Yeah. It wasn't like we weren't just a team. We were like, well, I got to hang out with these kooks. So you're like, yeah, yeah. So you guys, you guys knew each other prior to the trip yes. and you, you know, you bonded. So go, going back a little bit, yeah. you're surfing the contest, you see Rob for the first time and you're mm. like, what? You're like, holy shit. Holy shit. Like, yeah. Look holy at this shit. speedy freaking lightning fast laser yeah. turns and crazy dude. crazy he was so so he was the yin to yang of kelly because yeah. you know he's a goofy foot and he's so skinny but he went so fast yeah you and know throw a lot so of spray a lot of spray and you know it was always like so rob is like i think two years younger than i am and so we didn't always compete i would be watching him going dude i don't you know and then finally yeah. when he kind of went up in age group it was like, oh shit, you know, <laughs> this guy, fuck. Um, but he was just, and you know, Rob used to wear, uh, he didn't have all that hair. Yeah. He always used to wear a beanie, and it, or a beanie, but a, a hooded wetsuit. And so, you know, he was so skinny, and he'd wear booties, and he would just be, he might even wear gloves. <laughs> he wore it all. He didn't have any body fat. Like, he was skin and bones. He had to keep warm. He literally looked like a little puppet that you were just like, and he looked like a video game character, because he's just zing. Zing, yeah. zing, 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 everywhere. and So effortless. Yeah, and I still laugh because goofy foots um, and regular foots see things really different. Like yeah. I'll pedal out with Rob and I, he can't get five feet off the shore before he's turned around a little ripple. Mm-hmm. Like, and he just, his eye goes to that where regular foots are different. I just remember Rob, literally to this day, he could ride a one foot thing and make it look like the most interesting thing in the world. Like yes. G-Land? Yeah, right? He just like flying zing, zing, zing. Okay, what, how about... It's how not about, about Rob, it's about... I know, but how about I Kelly? Know, the first kidding. time you saw Kelly. So, so that was... Um, yeah, and I saw Kelly... Like, that guy doesn't fall either. No. <laughs> so he, it was the first time I saw someone do a... Like we just see every kid does a reverse. reverse. Yeah. But he came in, hit the lip, and the fins came out, and he spun around, and he kept going. And I was like... What? I was like, he did a backwards 360. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, That's what I would have called it, too. Yeah, like, what do you do? And uh, you went the opposite way of... Yeah. So, so uh, you know, in those days, too, it's like talking about friends and, like, you know, he, Kelly would come stay. I mean, so our house, we lived in the Gulf Shore, so we were within a, like, it's like a 10-minute walk to Salt Creek. And so, um, you know, Kelly, a lot of us didn't have cars. I mean, whatever. Um, we weren't like just freely driving around so you needed to sort of position yourself at a friend's house who either had a car or close enough to the beach that you could walk and not um, need to be calling people every time you went somewhere yeah so my house was like Todd Chester Kalani sometimes stayed there Kelly you know Shano stayed for a bit Ross which like whoever it was always somebody coming through and staying because again it was within you know not the best wave but it was a wave you know and it was and that's what's crazy about your story. Like, there's not a lot of Pat O'Connell's, you know what I mean? Yeah. That well, you, you are not only a great surfer yourself, but you're surrounded well, I by th- other great surfers. Did you that, get, you know, the world-renowned fucking surfers. But, but, but competition is, again, like that. I mean, you probably would have ran into these guys at some point, sometime, but... Not in the way. Not not in that way of, yeah. of, of being you on a schedule competitive and that what aligned yeah. you guys. Yeah. You know? That's like, what started the relationship. It, in a weird, easy way, you became part of the group. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? A yeah. kid from Chicago. Yeah. A kid from Chicago. <laughs> I, I, 
<laughs> talking about people staying. So I had Jevin LaRue stay at my house. Yep. Like I, I, I had the same thing. I'm in Huntington. I'm yep. really close. You're right around Everybody the would yep. be like, I'm coming to your house, US Open, or for the summer, whatever. And I remember like him coming in and he was jet lagged. He was like, I was up at, you know, find yep. out later. He's like, I was up at like two in the morning just waiting for like the sun, the sun to, come to come up. up. And, then I finally waited to like five and I, felt I just, sleep. no, he's all, I just started, I put my suit on and I started walking. <laughs> I'm all, how did you know where to go? He's like, I just was trying to like, he just started walking and asking people. <laughs> which in way a short on full and his board. Yep. Like, which way is the beach? Where's the beach? Just, you know, and it's not a straight one. Hey, go down this one road. I you kind of have to like, yeah, kind of have to wiggle. Off England? Yeah. But it was a you know mile maybe a little less mile mile ten minute walk you know Dude, if isn't and, that funny yeah and it was just like that brings back memories of like yeah if you're close enough and we had bikes and he could have just waited another hour and we all would have got it right and he was right but he, he was, was just, too frothed out he <laughs> yeah. was like dude I'm going I'm That's ready so funny <laughs> all right so so your house was like the scene where where everybody kind of stayed and that's how you 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 met everybody and. Bonded. Yeah. I mean, and, and it was kind of like, you know, and then Hawaii was either the Hill House or Benji's house. Yeah. Like, you know, it, there was little out, outposts and camps uh, yeah. wherever. And, but I, again, like, I just kind of keep going back. It's funny as I talk about it. It's so important for, for those, like, kids to have that independence. And I think, you know, growing up in Chicago and being a part of team sports, your parents have to drive you everywhere and not have that independence yeah. Yeah. to be close enough to the beach where I could wake up at two in the morning yeah. and start walking if I wanted to. You know, it was, that was a big part of what it was. It was like, dude, like, yeah. you know, having independence and being Pat O'Connell, not the son of, you know, it's, it was just a really You're important. Really, in, in, like, yeah, you, you have to kind of grow up quick. You have to be street you do. smart. Yeah. You know, you have to have... Well, that was... You got to be able to roll with the punches. You got to have, you yeah. know, I guess... And, and thank goodness, like, our world was a little safer different. back then. or yeah. Different. Different. Then, safer. Right? Yeah. All of There's them. just more access now. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. So, so when you were making your way through the amateur ranks, like, what... Were you like, I'm going to be a pro server? No, I never, like, so the, the moment that I realized that I could be a pro server, not even doing the ISA thing and going to, like, I still never really thought that was going to happen. Because remember, too, is like, I was surfing with Kelly and Rob, <laughs> who they were so much better that it was like, okay, they're going to, like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like if you're going to school with LeBron and Kobe or something, it's like, those guys are obviously going to do something. Like that, that's, I'm not going to achieve that. Right. So, um, but what had happened is, you know, and this goes into like, they had the bud tour, which made it really easy at the time to go around and do events in America and not have to spend a bunch of money and not, you know, basically waste your money. Can Can we talk just briefly about, about that and opportunity for surfing, you know, for surfers, especially American surfers at the time. And, they, and there was international guys that had come, Hawaii, and, you yeah. know, like, not. But How great the Bud Tour was. It was awesome. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the lack of having a domestic tour, you know, I mean, it's a bummer. Yeah. It's a bummer so, for the, the kids in the last 15, 20 years. It's a bummer for the future kids until we could come up, you know. And there's been a couple little pushes on trying to get a couple events, but it's it wasn't the same. 
No, I yeah. mean, look. The, and how many guys qualified and, and on the Bud the, Tour? And what better time to, to recreate now? Now. It's right? now. I mean, yeah. it is part Because I think there's a big opportunity with so many more surfers. But that big American push in that early 90s. Yeah. You happen. did the Bud Tour, you did a couple of Hawaii events, and you might have done one or two other international events. Yep. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, again, and this is sort of fast forward into, you know, current day, but like that is the change that the WSL is, has made. It's like, hey, there's a regional tour, there will be a challenger tour, and there's a CT tour. The idea of having those regional tours that you stay home, you earn enough points so that you're actually not like, the model, Behind the ball. Yeah, the model today is basically, hey, if you have enough money, you can fly to Timbuktu to get points yeah. to find your way up the ladder. That's not only not fair because it means it favors people with money, but it's it's actually you're not getting the best talent. And so no. if, if you can actually get you know, regional champions for all of these places, they mean more in the region than they do flying off to Timbuktu anyways. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they become like, you know, I use like, little like, jet shilling, you know, from San Clemente. Oh, yeah. I just think he's like the raddest little kid. Um, he's blowing up lately. Yeah, and I just think, okay, cool. Let's just let's just say there's eight boys and eight girls who qualified from America to go on the Challenger suits. And, and we as a community get behind those eight people. Yeah. It's not, there's not a hundred random people who just penny up a couple bucks and find themselves around the globe. It's actually no. Yeah. These are our eight people that are representing America to try to qualify for the tour. That's sexy. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and that gets back to like... Okay, you, you, you can't work for um, Florence Marina X. You have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what's being teed up. But the yeah. problem is, is what has to happen is like that whole piece. So as, as they, you know, the championship tour and all this other stuff sort of stabilizes that's that's the opportunity and i think honestly and and like i was talking to darren brillhart it's all of our opportunity to sort of pull that together i think we can yeah you know it because i, I think the other thing that's happened is you don't have to whisper yeah sorry yeah. <laughs> the, the the prize money doesn't need to go through the roof because we're not asking people to fly everywhere yeah, yeah. you just like scale it back scale so, it to so think about think about um, the Brazilian storm, yep. right? All these amazing surfers. You would look at it and go, oh, all that talent was there. It was, but you know it also coincided with 10 regional QS events in Brazil yeah. for six or seven years. They yeah. had those. And, and I remember people upset going, you don't even have to leave Brazil to qualify. Yeah. Well, guess what? All of a sudden, this crazy amount of talent yeah. came out of it because... They, they got to compete. They got to feel comfortable before they were ready. Yeah. And they just kind of kept hammering it, you know? Yeah. Oh, I remember Quicksilver, same thing. I'm like, I want to fly overseas and do this. And like, you got to put yourself on the bud tour, you know? Yeah. Like, you got to, you know? Yeah. You know, and then, yeah. And start making some heats. And it's almost bike. like a farming system. That's exactly what yeah, it is. Right? Yeah. So, but anyway, so so I had done the, the bud tour and... Um, I went down to Pismo Beach. I wasn't doing all of them, but I, I was like, okay, I did this event. And it was right after we went to Japan for the World Juniors. Um, and I won one of the events. There was four events. I won one in Japan. Um, nice. So I was like, okay, cool. I was like, had a little bit of mojo. Yeah. Surfed through the, the events. Who was, do you remember who, the, who was in the final? It was a kid from Brazil named Jaco Jr. 
um, random uh, Teddo Pereira was in it. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, oh, How are the waves? And it, hey, Faro, te, uh, hey, Farah, um, from from Tahiti. Okay. Random. How did I know that? That is That's so, so weird. Awesome. I haven't thought about that in forty years. Um, anyways, yeah, the waves were good. It was like a little right point sort of beach break, and um, you know, it was the first event of. So basically, the ISA was three events in a row, and then they took your points in the top sixteen boys. And I think top 16 girls then competed on a final day event. And so, um, yeah. So basically by doing that, I, I made it all the way to, to the end. Um, nice. But but what I was going to say was I came back and I think the first event was this event in Pismo. And I won. And you won Pismo? I won Pismo. It was a PSAA. And it was the first time I made a real paycheck. And I just remember how funny it was because... But you were still amateur. I was. Yeah. But it wasn't... You know, the money used to go into account. You just had to write a letter and you yeah. could get the money back. You could take it, but then put it for travel or That's whatever. right. Um, but I remember going down there and I didn't... How know, much was that check? It's like 5800 bucks. Sick. I still remember that. 17 and, years old, winning a, your first pro contest. Well, and that was the cool thing is like my parents didn't... Like they didn't know this was going to go anywhere. And I yeah. literally walked in with the cardboard check, you know, and they're like... Holy shit. I think there was a little bit of... Like, what is that, fake? Yeah. I you thought, can't cash that thing. It's too big. There, there was <laughs> right? Like, well, I think there was a little bit of like, holy shit. Like, it was like, great, but also a little bit like, oh no, he's going to keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Be careful uh, what you wish for. Kind of. But I, you know, I remember I slept in my car for that event because I didn't have the money to stay That's at a hotel. so awesome. So I literally just slept in this little uh, Nissan, whatever it was. It was the smallest car in the world. But that's what I did, dude. I was like, and I was happy to do it. I was so stoked. And, you know, um, I mean, I, I I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. But who that was... was the, who was in the final on that one? Uh, Sean Pismo Madison. Pismo Beach is not... A hard, that's famous. a hard way. Oh, sorry, sorry Pismo. I, it was Imperial Beach. Oh, sorry. Imperial. Oh, Imperial. San Diego. Yeah, San Diego. So it was Sean Madison, Marty Thomas, and I think Jeff Booth. Wow. Nice. That's stacked. Yeah. I mean, I think every, yeah. every... That is a stacked heat. Yeah. It was good. And, and I think... Because those dudes were in their... Marty and Jeff were both on tour at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, it was... You just bitch slapped those guys it in was heat, so, huh? It was so funny. And I remember telling people, like, they're like, you know, you, I came home and I remember the phone rang. It's like Casey called. He's like, hey, how, how'd it go? I'm like, I won. And it was sort of like dead. He's like, wait, you won your heat? I'm like, no, dude, I actually won. And it was kind of like this... No fucking way. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I actually won. And so later that year, um, like Malibu was like the one of the bigger events. And I kind of got pushed, but I won somehow. I think Dino should have won. Um, or Chris Brown. You won I don't know. Malibu? But I won Malibu that year too. So I got two bangers. Dang. Um, and it was like me. It was, The final was gnarly. It was Chewy, Dino, and Chris Brown. And oh. Yeah. I don't Dude, know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I don't think I should have won that one, but whatever. Yeah. But it was yeah. like, that was when it was like starting to roll. I'm like, okay, you know. Um, you're you're I, thinking, okay, I was, I've won two contests. Yeah. I'm probably good enough to get on the world tour. Well, and there was a big gap, right? Because the, the world tour was just so different. But it was, um, you know, yeah, it was positive affirmation coming that I could keep doing it. And so... You know, right at that time is when they were going to make this change because the, the tour was these events that were sort of beach, like, you know, bingo. It was like all the beach beach break waves. 
but it was open trials to yeah. every event. And so you could get in and surf your way through, but there was this idea that they were going to narrow it down to be more of a elite tour. There's only going to be 44 surfers on the tour. Um, and so that was right. I mean, that happened in 1992. Yeah. Um, and 1991 was the first time that, like, so 90 was the Japan, the PSAA, 91 was, okay, I'm going to try to do a little bit of the world tour. Um, and then 92 is like, okay, there was a cutoff. And if you're not in, you're not in. And that's when I started the end of summer. So that's oh, wow. the timeline. And, and at that time, you know, the, the QS tour split. Yes. And what was like the requirement like back then? I think it was like top 16. It's a good question. I think 16 surfers, but, you know, like point you know do you, you remember do like what the events like the best eight your events they take your best eight you can surf as many qs events and that's how it, it was and still is i'm, I'm, I'm assuming yeah it's kind you of know? yeah but you you had to like you couldn't just probably that was on the verge of you just couldn't qualify on bud tour unless you did really well like you had yeah, to go had do to, to hawaii because those were four, four stars yep you had a couple other events. Africa elsewhere. was always a big one. Yeah, uh, yep. Gunston was Gunston. a five star. Yep. So Nuki, Nuki, Nuki was a four star. Yep. So when did you turn pro? Kind of right then. I think I think it was like I think maybe even Imperial Beach. I just took the money. And what, like, and, what and what was your like first paid sponsor? Do we say yeah? Like who paid like when? I don't know. I like honestly. Come on. Is that weird? Next so, time we we, we, we I, let's just cut it off right here and we'll nah. have, come back and do some research. Dude, do it's, some work. it's so weird. Do you know do you know who I think it was actually? I think it was Instinct. Nice. You wrote for Instinct? I did for just for like three or four months. And wow. so I was supposed to get paid, but I didn't. And so the con it just never went through. Okay. Like that was honestly like and it was cool because it was like Sean Thompson. I'm like, wow, this is really cool, like Sean and um, but I think the company was at the time, you know, I think they were like, you know, trying to dip into sort of like that future momentum. Yeah. And they, they picked the shortest one on the, they went, okay, we'll grab him. And then I think the business just wasn't, yeah, yeah, wasn't in a good place. And I didn't know it until I signed and, um, and that ended. Yeah. So that's so crazy. When did, when was your first appearance in the, Taylor Steele movies. That was probably the first momentum. momentum too. The first momentum, right? First momentum. momentum. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, because the, the, the one where it's like... Yeah. Age, whatever, whatever. Yeah, 18 and I mean, under. So, and so um, actually, he was doing like all those... He did Seaside and Beyond. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know if I have a wave or any of that, in, and maybe in Seaside and Beyond even, but... I remember very, very clearly when I met Taylor. Um, you know, he was in Hawaii, and we he would stay at Benji's, and every day, you know, Jay knows, like, there'd be filming sessions, and everyone would sit, look through the little camera, and Taylor was just, he he had he had a vision, and he knew what he was doing, yeah. in a way. Uh, but it was like, you know, it's, it's kind of in some ways similar to our stories in that, he was able because camera equipment became cheap enough yeah. that the ordinary kid could go out and actually invest and do this. And it was like, cool, I'm gonna go do this. And, and he just started to figure it out. And he had a, a you know specific like he liked certain music, and it just like 
you know, and he was Rob's like really tight friend. So yeah. it just, you know, you talk about it, it sort of teed up those relationships. Yeah. Um, but it was, and that was like early on in like, you were probably what, 17, 18, 18. Yeah. 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 And right before going to be a pro and yeah. all of that. Yeah. And well, and then it was Hawaii, but then I, we went on a trip to Mexico and I still remember Vinny De La Pena watching his best wave. He wanted to watch it and he hit the wrong button and recorded over it. I no, still, I still laugh about no that. freaking way. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was when Taylor's like, okay, no, no more. <laughs> No touching. Oh my! But that I think that's like, happened a, a million times for sure. Yeah, like that was you know the um, the stuff of Rob surfing the little left point. Yeah, that was like that trip. No way. You know, and I still remember Kelly. It was so funny. We're, We're talking Puerto Escondido, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, Kelly did this big backside air, and it was like a quicksilver ad. It was everywhere. Yeah. And we all saw it. We were going to the airport. Kelly was staying for a couple extra days, and I remember. Like, I think it was Shane and maybe Todd and I, we were walking up the beach and we saw him do it. And he looked in to us and we were so disgusted that he did it that we actually turned away and we're like, don't let him know that we saw that. And we just kept walking went, fuck, fuck. Like, it was just, uh, yeah, it's so funny. That is amazing. Yeah, we were yeah just can't like, give him the credit. How many, no. how many fucking good things are you going to do today, dude? That's quite yeah. a bit. It's yeah. like, God damn it. How many NBDs are you going to do today? There he goes again. Yeah. Let's pretend we didn't see this one. Yeah. We don't. <laughs> don't look, don't look, don't look. Just keep walking. Just... What are you talking about? No, yeah. I was looking down. I was looking over there. Yeah. It was so funny. Competitive much? Yeah, right? <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah, it's crazy with Taylor, too, because... You know, it was, you know, like at that time, you think about it, it was like Sonny Miller was making stuff, Jack McCoy was making yeah. stuff, and they were they were really highly produced. They were they were movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taylor's was more of like, you know, and they were also about going to surf these dreamy locations. What was so cool for us, I think, was yeah. no, he's going to show you surfing the crap that you surf every day. Yeah. But people making that crap look really cool. Yeah. yeah. And it was like the first time. It was relatable and then also like inspirational. 100%. Well, I, you're, they're surfing your shitty beach. The, B, the VHS revolutionized oh, like yeah. that, that, that whole movement right there because those guys were making like big film, yeah. movie, like, you know, tour, yeah. like theater, like presentations. Yeah. And yeah. of course they made them into like VHS and stuff. But like, like you said, Taylor was making these. It was raw. Raw. You know, not the best quality waves, home beach break, to killer music, and it was slice and dice, like boom, yeah. boom, 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 keeps you interested. You can yes. rewatch. 100%. Yeah, rewind. So, so, when did you, you don't remember who your first, oh, Instinct was your first sponsor. Yeah. Do you remember who was after that? Rusty? Yeah, it was Rusty. It had yeah. to been Rusty, right? It was, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and what was that, like, how Gosh, did right. you, how did that happen? Carson's, uh... No, dude, now that I think about it. So, so the Rusty relationship started at Imperial Beach, actually. Mm. So after you won the contest. After I won the contest. And it was, you know, again, we, there was this group of, like, surfers that were growing up, North America, like, American surfers that were, you know, is Rob, Taylor, Kelly, you know, um, myself. And it was kind of like, everybody was like, okay, these are the guys that are going to whatever. And... So I started writing for Rusty and, you know, it was, um, it was funny because, so 
surfboards are such a big part of our yeah our world important. big and i had such this really tight relationship with terry senate um at infinity mm-hmm. so um and terry was making you know my boards and a lot of people's boards and in the beginning I honestly was uh, like I was so nervous to leave his boards. I was just putting stickers on my infinities in the very beginning, um, because I, I rusty you know, stickers. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't know how to actually work with a new shape. I didn't understand that like that thing because Terry was he was in just Mission Viejo. I mean, he was yeah. a ten minute drive from Salt Creek, so I was there so often. You know, Rusty was in San Diego you, and you had worked a lot with your board design uh, and so shaping. Much. In the, you sat in the shaping bay with them and said, "Hey, I like this. I like that." Okay. We made boards like literally. He would just you know zap them out and it's like, "Hey, try this, try that." We did so much of that, and so working with Rusty was really different because Rusty was very refined and he, um, you know, and he had a business running and like jumping into the middle of that was just. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the time when they were making a big push. They were huge, right? Like yeah, they were yeah. making a big push with boards and, and apparel. Yeah. Yep. So what? Who were you dealing with? So Tyler Callaway. Oh, yeah. nice. Yep. Tyler was there and Rusty, um, a guy named Peter Johnson who was sort of running surfboards, and it was really simple. Like it was yeah. actually cool. And you know, in the very beginning, like it was a little bumpy figuring out the boards. And then there was a guy named Rick Hammond yeah. who yeah. actually was one of the surfboard shapers yeah. and. You know, he probably was. He was insane. The best. He was unbelievable, yeah. and so I just struck gold with Rick. And he and this is before computers. And I mean, he was brilliant. He was literally like, every time was like, oh my god, this board's better than the last one. And it went like that for for years. That's so awesome. what was the contract? Huh. Oh, I got like sixteen hundred bucks a month. For boards and building? Yeah, yeah, that was like a big deal. That was yeah. like a score. Yeah. So when you came home and... I, I, I think that's it. I'm guessing. That's like... Yeah. That's the, that's the number that came out of my mind. I could... I actually still have that contract. So, so let's say you were, what, 18 years old? Yeah, 19? probably 18, 19. And yeah. you came home, told your parents, were you still living at home or... Um, yes, I moved. Uh, Vinny De La Pena bought a house. Yeah. So I rented a room from <laughs> Who Vinny. Who did he ride for? Rusty. Rusty too, right? Yeah, okay. for Rusty, yep. Um, Did you guys compare contracts? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Get on Vinny, buying a place and getting a leg oh, up. Smart, so dude. smart, dude. Vinny's always been good like that. So Vinny bought a house, and so we all sort of crashed in and moved with him. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. Like, I think Sounds I Sounds familiar. Like, yeah. <laughs> this guy was my roommate. I bought a house. I'm like, Lenny, you got to move out of that apartment and come live with me. <laughs> yeah. Happens quick, right? Yeah. I'm like, all right, but, but, I'm in. I mean, we, at this time, you're winning events. You're having, you know, great success. Yeah. You're, you're, you're pretty much a pro surfer. Yeah. yeah. Are the parents like, hey, what about school or what about like, oh, is yeah. this not going to last? Like, what are your parents like? So were they super 100 percent supportive? It was. Y- you yes. can throw them under the bus if you need to. Uh, yeah. Kidding. No. Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, like, so we're super conservative family from the Midwest. Like, yeah. all my all my relatives, all my uh, cousins, and whatever. We're all going to four-year colleges. Obviously, wasn't um, this was completely different. Um, so, I think my parents were happy that I was enjoying myself, yeah. and they. I don't think they ever saw. They never saw this conversation that we're having today. Yeah. They just were like, "Hey, keep doing what you're doing as yeah. long as you can do it." At some point, as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> at some point this is going to end and when it does you're going to have to figure out what to do yeah but 
like, you know, just like any parent. We all yeah. know, like, you just want to see your kids stoked and whatever. And the great thing about what we were doing, they saw, like, you know, all of the friends were staying at our house. Yeah. Nobody was on drugs. Nobody was even drinking. We were waking up at four in the morning to surf. Like, yeah. I think my parents yeah. were like, okay, we dodged a bullet. Yeah, for because sure. We don't have, good, yeah. we're not having any of those issues. Hey, if he's not going to go to school and he's going to stay healthy and do this, and he's getting paid to do this, we'll yeah. live with that. Yeah. That's got to be the craziest thing for somebody in the Midwest to comprehend. I don't yeah. think, I think when they were talking to my relatives about, hey, what is he doing? Yeah. I think there was a little bit of He's wonder. on a video! Yeah, I think there was a little bit of <laughs> He's wonder. He's on the cover of this magazine! There's no internet, so you can look it up. No, right? you couldn't. <laughs> Nothing. But but it was, I think there was a little bit of wonder. He's doing what? Yeah. You know, and then... Yeah, he's the on world. the cover of this magazine. He's yeah. getting 1600 bucks a, a month, month. Yeah, for, for playing. Yeah. For playing on the ocean. Yeah, did, did, <laughs> that's right. I'm sure they had surf magazines in, in Chicago and yeah, everywhere. Did, uh, what did your parents do? So my dad owned a business. He made like Teflon, like heat. Basically, the business was based out of Chicago and he was doing sales here. And so he just moved here. So he wasn't doing this. But it was basically he made um, high heat resistant materials that went for dryer belts on T-shirt racks, um, went to aerospace. Like it was like a multi-purpose. Wow. Yeah. It was literally a... He, he started this business? He owned this business? He did with my uncle. Wow. And so they, it was the business they grew up in. And so they had started their own company. And so, yeah, it, was, um, it wasn't a business that I was like, hey, I want to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Yeah. No, it was like, okay, Teflon. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, but it's funny now, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great business, but yeah. Yeah. So you're, but also at the time when you're surfing, you're not thinking about what what's going to come after. You're kind of living in the moment too, and you know, like 100%. a lot a lot of people aren't. You know, I think at that age, and back in the early '90s, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to get a job in the industry or start a surf shop. You know, you're looking yeah. around like, dude, there's a surf shop in every other corner. Like all the jobs, you know, like you're probably not really even thinking but about like. But you're not even thinking about no. jobs. You're not even thinking about livelihood. You're just sort of living the moment. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, so going backwards, like, did you do good in school? Were you? I did fine. Did you apply yourself? Like, uh, you... I was pretty lazy, and I was honestly. Did pretty... you graduate high school? I did. Yeah, okay. I was so distracted though. Like. I mean, um, my senior year in high school, I missed a lot of school. I was already like traveling and surfing and, you know, a couple weeks yeah. in Hawaii, you know, Japan for two weeks, like, yeah. you know, whatever it was, like, I was pretty distracted. You know, I, I did what B's and C's and a couple A's randomly, but it was, it was never like, you're making me feel really good right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy though, because when you, you know, fa fast forward to today, You've yeah. done so many incredible jobs. Well, it it's, that takes a lot of you know knowledge. Well, and and it it's all about applying yourself. And yeah. like, thing is, is that like anybody, if um, you're passionate about something and invested, you're gonna you're gonna succeed. Yeah. It's like that's it. There is no so, shortcut to actually doing the work. No. So okay, so you there's you, no shortcuts. No. You hear you, that, people? Um, yeah. Going back to surfing and going back to turning pro, signing a contract with Rusty. Gosh. Yeah. That, then what? Then so so um, so then what had happened is I I had decided that um, 
you know, the, the PSAA was really fun. So I, the, the, that year, I think it was 91, um, I surfed through the trials at the OP Pro and I went all the way through to the quarterfinal. I got a fifth. Wow. Yeah, I was so stoked. I surfed against... Uh, Better than I ever did there. <laughs> it, really? <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I never did well there. We don't want to talk about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's... it's <laughs> I always, every year, was like, I'll do good one of these years. And I just, yeah. Well, so I surfed all Imagine, the Imagine, sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Imagine all the times that all of us would sit on the beach. Yeah, Jay, yeah. Oh. Uh, year after year. Year after year. I still have to live with. <laughs> what was the best you did? I think a 17th round before quarters. Yeah. Gosh. I don't remember that. We Rin, have to Rin, fact check Rin, that one. Rin and Roca took me out in the buzzer beater. <laughs> I didn't he was about a hundred yards down the beach, and he caught a middle wave because it was yep. swell and closeouts, and he just got one that didn't close out because there's a little mid chip all the way through. And no I was like, way. "Yeah." And you knew it when you I saw knew it. it. I was like, "There goes my there goes another one." No yeah. way. Hey, it's a good thing for Taylor. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing he had Taylor Steele fall back. <laughs> Do you remember our session we had in France? Oh, I do. I do. I thought Wait. about that the other day. We're yeah. not going there yet. So, yeah. okay. so go back to... Yeah. So, so yeah. So, you so, killed it in the OP well, pro. And, and so I decided, like, okay, well, I'm going to go I'm gonna go try to qualify for this tour. And that was... 92 was the first time that they had created the QS and the CT. Yeah. So I had gone to the consulate. Remember, you have to drive up to the Australian consulate. Everyone. All of get them. The visa. To get a visa. When I came home, I had a uh, I had an actual like answering machine, <laughs> and I had a call from Bruce Brown. Now, wow! So he's like, "Hey, Pat, this is Bruce Brown. I want to speak to you about this thing, blah blah blah." But remember that my friends, like all of us, were we love to fuck with each other. Yeah. So I thought for sure, <laughs> yeah, it was someone. Right? Made- <laughs> How did Bruce Brown get your number? No way. Like, exactly. So you thought for sure. No way. And so I let it go for a couple days. And then finally he called again. And I picked up and he's like, yeah, I left a message. I'm like, holy shit. You know, and so he's like, you know, um, hey, do you do you want to meet up? And I go, yeah, I'm. Did I, you know the movie is getting put out? Or? I did. But yeah. so, so the, because Kelly was around and Kelly had told me about the movie. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be him and Tom Curran. That's what I originally heard. But mm. that's kind of like, you know, the rumors go. Yeah. So I thought it was him and Tom. He's like, hey, I want to meet. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, no, I got Baywatch out of the shit I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pat, I'll give this one to you. Yeah. He's like, I'm on my way to win my first world title. He, that, or did that he already... too. No, he hadn't won his first one yet. Okay. So that was a part of it, though. Okay. Um, and so what had happened is I was like, hey, um, he's like, will you come up and meet me? I'm like, I would love to. I'm going up to do the Pismo Beach PSAA in like 10 Where days. Where was he living? He lived... So... Um, on the 101 on your way to the uh, Hollister Ranch in Goleta. Mm-hmm. Like literally one of those, Exeter. you look, it's, yeah, you literally driving and there's like a little mailbox, you look in the canyon and that's where his house was. Wow. So he's like, hey, would you, and he's like, well, I was hoping you could meet me sooner. I'm like, okay. He's like, I'm like, well, when? He's all, how about tomorrow? I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, literally had just come back from LA. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I drove up. I actually stayed at Mike Balzer's house the night before. Nice. And then drove up. And um, yeah, so I spent the afternoon with Bruce and it was awesome. And I was like, okay, cool. So this is 1992. 1992, and, and, yes. And you're like, in your mind, you were going to embark on the QS. On, on the QS. And I had, 
you know, done the, um, you know, the visa and I was planning my ticket to go yeah. to Australia, compete in those events. And, um, and, but before that there was a PSAA in the, in Pismo. And so I was so stupid that I, so we had multiple exchanges between the time I met with him that day and yeah. then the day that I was driving up to Pismo. And so the day that I was driving up to Pismo. So wait, can we go back to the yeah. day of the meeting? Yeah. So you go to his house. Yep. We didn't says, surf. He says, hey, I'm going to make Endless Summer too." We didn't even really get super deep on it. It was more of, because, so Bruce Brown was a Dana Point guy, right? And mm-hmm. so he was there before Killer Dana, you know, Mickey Munoz, Phil Edwards, yeah. all of those guys, Hobie Alter. I mean, that was the original sort of Dana Point mafia, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, and so um, how I got to know Bruce was a good friend, uh, Gary DePella. I don't know if you know Gary. Gary is unbelievable dude, an attorney, one of Bruce's best friends, grow, like they're super tight, remain close to um, Bruce forever. Gary surfs Salt Creek every day. And so as the film was coming up, I found this out later, is that, hey, Gary said to Bruce, hey, you gotta meet this kid that surfs at, at yeah. my beach. And so that's the He's beginning. He's a sparkly fucking super, ripping surfer. A lot of energy, kind of goofy. White, good looking, white hair. Good blue looking. Eyes. Incredibly, ridiculously good looking. <laughs> so, so what had happened is, yeah, so, so when I went up to meet with Bruce, we kind of talked about Dana Point the whole yeah. time. It was really easy. It's like, oh man, because I knew where his house was. Mm. Um, and so it, like, what was it like? You know, and we just talked about other things. So I don't remember even talking about the movie, to be honest. Weird. So did you... I knew about the movie. You knew about the movie. But you didn't know but you like, didn't, it was going to be a two-year or But he was just feeling you out. Feeling yeah, we were just like, hey, can... Can I travel with this guy for a good long period of time? That's what it was. Pretty much. Yeah. And, yeah. and does he have anything or is he goofy, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. so what he had said, hey, we're going to do, like, the next time I met with him was the film test. And that was kind of the, hey, is this the right person or not? And that was when Wingnut... It was Wingnut was there. Yeah. And so I drove up the coast with Shane Dorian and Todd Chesser. And we went up and we hung out at the ranch with Wingnut and we did film test. And Dana Brown Wait, tells... were those guys in, in the mix too? Well, they were going up to the contest with me. They had no choice but okay. to hang and let Pat do his deal. Yeah, so I'm like, hey guys, we have to stop and do this thing. We're all going together, so okay. you're, we're going to have a day at the ranch. But Dana Brown, Bruce's son, tells the story way better. It's so funny. He's like, who brings better surfers, better looking people to a job interview? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so, so Todd. Ches- Chester for sure sold the show, for sure. For sure. He was yeah. down on the beach ripping, and then he was drinking beers and fun and like goofing around. I was like, look how far I could pee. <laughs> <laughs> Check out this trick. <laughs> Love you, Missy Cheese. Yeah. Oh. Dude, that was exactly it. Man. And so, and, and so, you know, I left there going, "Fuck, I really, I, I, I messed that up." Like, you know, Shane was like, "Ding, ding." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god," you know. But he was in God's hands. He was in God's. <laughs> Dude, it was not. Hey, was not long after that. <laughs> Holy shit. So with the so, steely face and the uh, sort of magnet, blue steel, blue steel, steel I, yeah. What if I told you? Oh my god, <laughs> blue steel, the blue steel. So, <laughs> oh my god, you know, that would be a funny conversation, yeah. Though. yeah. So, so, boom, they they 
Like what, what did they do? Yeah, like, what was it like? Shot, so they just want to see you surf and some I, lions. I think what they wanted to do script? is like you know uh, this is kind of a weird thing. You guys get this is like some people are like good on camera, some people are not. Yeah. yeah. And so like even uh, if you could be like someone that's super outgoing, you put them on camera and it doesn't come across. Yeah. I think they wanted to also do that with like Wingnut. Yeah, Wingnut was already good. Like he was already like he's the guy. Yeah. And it was like okay, do they get along? And then, hey, does that dude, does he look okay on camera? Is he going to, is it going to be a passing grade? Yeah. So honestly, so that was, I think Pismo was like March or like, wait, and in April we were going to Costa Rica. Dang. Dude, it so, was quick. So um, what did he, did he call you the next day or was it like a week later or? So I met the guy who was doing the, the film was a guy named Roger Rydell, lived here in Newport. And so Roger called me and was like, hey, we're going to go. We're going to do this. And I was like, holy shit. And, you know, when you're a kid, none of it really made any sense. Yeah. It wasn't like, dude, it's not what like. What were you, 19? Yeah, probably. It wasn't like social and media these days. You weren't like telling people. You didn't share yeah, it with yeah, anybody. Yeah. It was like, okay, and I, you know, the things that I knew that were in front of me is I couldn't go on the tour. I, you know, basically was, you know, what I knew was going to be at least 18 months. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, I was like, okay, you're out of this. And all your friends are like, at the time, my friends were just starting the tour. And you've already been in momentum. Yeah, all that stuff. Yep. Right? Like, all that stuff. Those movies were already made, right? Not focus, but momentum. Yeah. Maybe one and two had been. And then, so I, that was when, and and this is what was sort of strange for me at the time, is I took a total right hand turn because everybody else went on tour and they were filming at events or doing stuff around events. I didn't go to events for two years. Because yeah. I was on the tour, yeah. or I was on the in the summer, and so, so I couldn't. And and part of it was, they didn't really. Now it would be way more strict now, but it wasn't really that I was interacting a lot with other people because it was kind of like you were on call all the time. If something was going to happen, they wanted to be able to get you. And they had it mapped out. Yeah. Like, hey, we need, so, we're going to hit these these spots, right. and when it's on, we're going. So, so Roger Rydell, you said. Yep. So so he called you and said you're uh, you're, in. you're in the movie. Yep. What was like the contract or yeah, money was, or So yeah, I got I god it's been so long. I think I got paid 75 grand. So yeah. I got paid? Yeah. Something like that. And then if, and then everything months. paid for and yeah. like they told you 18 and, months you're going to pay yeah. 75 grand. And I was like, dude, I bought a house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what, it was what, like the biggest thing in the world. It was like, yeah. great. I and mean, what was Rusty and like your sponsor saying? Like they were. So they were, they were really stoked. It was, it was funny because. you got to keep the logo I got on. to keep the Rusty logo yeah. on. That was a big one. Um, yeah. And. But what was your, uh, your, what was your thought process like? Because. You're, you wanted to surf in on the, the tour. tour. Yeah. So how did you like. Kind of weighs like, out the pro, pro and cons and go. It, it was pretty easy because it was down the summer. It was like yeah, the biggest opportunity iconic. in the world. Like it's like oh, if you get like it's kind of like one of those things. Those are the the hard questions that you want to get. It's like it was so easy, but it wasn't like I I I did disconnect from those people and I was like oh my god like, but I also knew when I was doing it, I was surfing around Rob Kelly Taylor Shane Ross. They were way better. 
And I was like, you know what? I actually need to get to the place where I'm actually as good as them. So it was actually kind of a good time for me to actually work on surfing better waves and be away from people. Yeah. Because I honestly, I've played this out in my head a million times. Had I gone on the tour, I'm not sure I would have done... You were ready or I might have got beat down pretty bad, and I might have never found my path to yeah. making the yeah. tour without having the in the that's, summer. That's good you reflect like that, because I mean, you, you can't sit there and woulda, coulda, shoulda. You just got to be like, yeah, that no. was the best decision. At you chose wisely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because that, that fork in the road, you know, because you're, you're competitive, like... Desire. Well, you want to hang out with your friends. You want to do. You want to make yeah. the tour and compete with them and video and do all that stuff. Yeah. So, so they didn't have to sell you on it, right? No. It was in, so in the summer, Bruce Brown, they didn't have to sell you on it. You were like, "Yeah, I'm this in. is a great idea." Yep. 75k, 18 months, and they told you, "Here's here's the globe and here's where we're going." You're like, maybe not even that specific, but yes, wow. everything but just like, "Hey, we're gonna do this." And you know, like giddy up, here we go. What was yeah. the what was the best segment or best trip on that? So so I honestly <laughs> like I it's Costa Rica was pretty funny because so Costa Rica was number one and it was probably the place I wanted to go least. Okay. Was that Huntington ATM thing? That was real. Was that real? No. Was that the beginning? No, so that was way late, but that was actually a really funny That's story. Funny. So, so, um, cause that's the beginning of the movie. It's the beginning of the yeah. movie, but what happened actually, this is that, so this is Vinny yeah. started the brand called Ezekiel. Uh-huh. So I, that's right. Yeah. So I was wearing an Ezekiel t-shirt. So what had happened is we did a test shoot. Wasn't supposed to be in the film. Vinny had given me an Ezekiel t-shirt. I wore to the test shoot. I was sponsored by Rusty. Oh. Yeah. Didn't think about it. No one was ever going to see it. Vinny just gave me a t-shirt. Yeah. Happened to be clean. I was living on my own. I was doing my laundry. Yeah. Clean t-shirt. Walked into the shoot. That's not an excuse, right? Yeah. But but You're cut, yeah. You. when all of a sudden they're like, hey, we're going to do this scene in Huntington. We need you to come up. We need you. And they took the puller. We need you to wear this outfit. I'm like, fuck. So you had to wear the same outfit? Oh, we had to wear the same. We don't wear any different clothes. In the oh, movie. when you rewatch it, you'll see all the board shorts are the same through the whole time. Dang. Yeah, we had to wear like you. I would go into Rusty and I'd get like five of the same shorts yeah. because you wore them because it was a movie. Well, because what? And that's what people do in movies. They wear the same shit to film the same shit. Well, because they're like this. Like, so what happens if I catch a wave today? That's actually a great one, and I catch a wave three days from now. But they want it to look like the same session. Yeah, I have to be wearing the same product. Yeah, so they just blend them into one. It's like, oh, that was yeah. one session. You're like, no, dude, that was like five sessions. Yeah. Wow. So movie, all the movie. Fly, all the behind the scenes. Yeah. So wow. So so you were saying Costa Rica was the best. I loved it. Yeah, and it was just I, I think part of it was well I loved all of the stuff. Um, but it was interesting because. Uh, one of the things that was rad about the movie is we met a lot of rad, like just cool people. Yeah. So the people who are working on the film, a guy named uh, Mike Hoover and his wife, Beverly Johnson, Brad Oland, uh, these guys were all ma- uh, experienced mountaineers. And uh, Mike Hoover had spent a bunch of time uh, with Dan Rather, I think, in Afghanistan when there was that uh, Afghan war. Yeah. So every night, like, and he... I, I don't think he ever summoned Everest. I think he'd been to Camp 4 multiple times. But every night, you'd sit there and have beers. And this was my first experience of like, okay, 
you know, we would all go surf, we'd do our fun stuff for the day, we'd sit back at night, we'd have a couple beers, and the stories that were just like, wow. wait, what? Dang. And every night was something new, and then, you know, we'd have all these new people kind of come and interact, and that was like kind of the most rad, eye-opening thing of the whole time, and I was the shit kid, I was the grommet of the whole Grum. room, yeah. you know, and so, um, you know, I would be out doing stupid stuff, and, you know, talking to girls, and doing, you know, stuff like that, and they'd be like, living vicariously through me and so I was like a little wind-up toy like go 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 talk to her like you know what would she say you know like anyways yeah so that was kind of you beat a lot of girls in France on the beach yes Yes. (laughs) everywhere everywhere yeah yeah dude that movie is seriously you know we talk about how um movies like that big movies move the needle and that yeah they 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 cause a paradigm shift Mm. in in culture and industry like when that movie came out but afterwards surfing became so big again or well because because you think about also like what we've been talking about videos it was everything is in a tape cassette but nothing was actually in the theater yeah so it was somewhere you could actually go see surfing in a theater which made it bigger than life and it was like oh shit that was why it was so cool yeah um yeah, it's a trip, dude. I and you know, I'll, you know, when you're doing all these things, you never think about it. Like, never think it's going to be cool or great or but whatever. Yeah, you hope. Yeah, and yeah. you but you don't think that it's actually. You forget that it's you. Yeah. And, I mean, I've only been I've only seen the movie try twice. Um, Get out of here. Yeah, I literally I watched it the first time <laughs> with everybody, and then I brought. No, I've seen it more than that, and then I brought. Like a group of our friends, we all went and watched it together, and then I've watched it. I watched it in Scorpion Bay randomly. Yeah. Um, I went to dinner with uh, Sean Collins and the guy, and they had it on. I'm like, oh, and I ended up sitting there watching it. But it's more of like those experiences. They almost it's hard to watch because it's like there's so much more stuff behind all of yeah. that that it's almost like it's yeah. got to be incredible to to realize and, and think back like fuck you were in one of the most iconic it's films weird, right? ever you know it's like it, it for us it's North Shore it's yeah. you know it's Fast Times at Ridgemont, Ridgemont High it's Big Wednesday it's yeah. Point Break and Endless Summer 2 is even more it's it's so, even more authentic and real than any of those movies you know yeah, yeah. so so Wingnut um, when my son was one he was really good about like saving all the press. Like literally, we we did archiving everything. Cool. And we went to New York and we did all these like press junkets. We did Teen Beat. I mean, fuck, we did some funny stuff. But he said he he knew better because I was just a shit kid. But he literally put saved duplicates in a box. That's awesome. And when for my, you, yeah. And when my son was one, I like will almost break down and cry because. He literally showed newspaper up at, clippings from all the cities, everything. Shut the fuck Showed door. up at my house with the box, and he's like, this "He is waited for, until you had a kid." Yep. He's like, "This is for Nathan." Wow. And it's like, dude, you should see this box. It's amazing. He kept everything. He didn't tell you anything about it. He just he showed just up. knew. He knew that I didn't like. I didn't keep. I don't have. Yeah. Him. What a great he, guy. He, Isn't he, that rad? He's yeah. way better. He, He's way cooler than I remember now. He was doing it for himself, but that's amazing that he grabbed one extra copy for you. Dude, like, it wasn't all about you. It was all about him, but he grabbed you an extra copy, which, Wingnut, that was amazing. That is crazy. That's really cool. And it was just, and it was because 
So, so I didn't keep any of the boards. I didn't keep anything. So Rusty, like three years ago, made me a duplicate yeah. of those things. But otherwise, I didn't have any of that stuff. And I, you know what? It's kind of those things like you don't care until you have kids. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Now that I have like my little dude, I'm stoked because he can watch the movie and go, oh my God, you're a kook. Or laugh forever. <laughs> why, why are you riding such a, like, a big board? Big, why, yeah. why is that board so it's big? Ball. Yeah, that's right. It's narrow. It's why narrow, is it so pointy? But it's so narrow. <laughs> it's so funny. It's a ballet slipper, Dad. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, a genie slipper. Genie for Richard sure. Miller. Yeah. Thanks, so. Kelly. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. Yeah. Part carbon fiber in the middle of it. Yeah. So, like, 18 months. How was the, how was the, premiere and like tour like because you guys have yeah, multiple premiere? premieres yeah we did the premiere the one was in hollywood at like the man theater just like the normal yeah typical hollywood thing and it was it was cool it's kind of a blur like holy shit you know um yeah I, yeah and, it was and a trip did, and did you think that that might parlay into like other hollywood gigs i knew that like so I had rubbed up it close enough to it that I knew I didn't ever want to. You do didn't that. want really? it, but, but yeah. did did other opportunity come from it? Like, oh, we know this guy. I had obviously... a couple of interviews for things, but every time I did, I was like, because the things that I was was being offered was they were really like really kooky things. Yeah, and I was like, okay, shit. Like, if I want to pursue this, I'm gonna be that kooky guy. Yeah, you know, and yeah. like, and I didn't love. I have too much energy to sort of sit still all day to do one little clip and then that's your day. Yeah. Because like, people like actors, it's like a hurry up and wait. Like you sit there in your trailer for eight hours. And then you're on. That's Turn it. on and off. Yeah. That's it. And I was like, gosh, you know. Just doesn't seem real. Didn't seem real. But it's a job. Yep. I mean, that's, a, that's what they train for. You know, it's like a, yeah. it's an art, you know, and they, they're professional. It's hard. It's, it's crazy because you know that the money is so good, yeah, and and the notoriety and the fame that you can get, like that's. But something you're giving that, up a lot. You're giving, you, but you don't think about that, right? Mm -hmm. You're thinking, oh shit, like this this is killer. I'm gonna be in movies and blah 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 yeah. and make good money. Yes, but yeah, it's the price you pay. What is the price you pay for? And that? I was like, you know, like I was, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a pro surfer. I wanted to be on tour. I was yeah. like. You know, because honestly, like at that time, you talk about fork in the road, like for any kid, they have these decisions they make. And it's like, hey, if you want to be like yeah. the Hollywood, yeah, you can make money, you can do all that, but you're not going to do the other thing that you want to do. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I really want to do that. Yeah. And, and I don't think I was very good. Like, I don't think I would have been very good at that anyways. I could act like myself. But I'm not sure I could have acted like anyone else. Yeah. yeah. You know, it takes a lot. And so... Um, like I said, I was gonna get the kooky surfer dude role. I mean, how do you? I mean, looking back and, and seeing what Kelly did on Baywatch and juggling surf, and I have all no of idea. That, how like how, again, you know how that world I, is yeah. and how much. How many times was or how many seasons was he on? Just one, right? Uh, maybe one or two. I don't know. I remember flying home. He was. I was flying home uh, from a promo trip on the East Coast, and Kelly was flying back from from Africa but through the East Coast yeah to go to do more Baywatch and we were on the same flight we didn't know it was not like cell phones like hey dude and we literally on the same flight and um, he was he's in first class you're in the back of the bus <laughs> yeah he, he's like oh as I walk in where he said oh way back there 53E <laughs> um, no but so so he was flying back to do this episode of Baywatch where 
he was like gonna stab a giant octopus or some fucking crazy <laughs> thing. And and I remember real? Him, Yeah, he was so bummed. He was so fucking bummed. Just like I can't believe I'm doing this. Like and it was when he was signing out. Like whatever seasons he had done, yeah. it was where he was just like, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> he was I gotta win another ten titles. Yeah. I got other things to yeah, check he off. He did that in the middle of doing winning world titles. Can it's, you believe that? Yeah. Yeah, some people are overachievers. <laughs> so, so you you finished Endless Summer two, which yep. is an amazing, gosh, thing to yep. have in your in yep. your life. My experience. Yeah. yeah. So then, what happened? So I, I that then right the yeah. next year I went and tried to qualify for the tour. There's this like guy does it the first year. Yeah, I did it the first, first year. year. Not like me, like eight years later. I didn't do I gave up after like four or five. I was like, How did you do it? Like what through the PSAA or was it? I um, did a couple. Yeah, I did that. Um, I had a good result in Europe. I made a final. 93? 94. I made a final in Portugal. I made. Because that was when like I was on pretty much or just coming on. It was like you you, and I remember Galley and Pogel and like... That was the crew. Yeah, because the year before, like Rob and Taylor and some others and we had, there was a, I mean, definitely, there was a bunch of guys. I think Debo qualified the year I qualified Yeah. Yeah. So who, who, uh, so you, you made a final in Portugal. I made a final there. I made a final in, I think, Pismo and I think I made a final in San Francisco. Like when it was at the PSAA. Yeah. Those are my, like, the big results. And then I just had, you know, uh, I made, like, quarters a, a couple times in Brazil or something like that. I, yeah. But I went to Hawaii and I needed a result. And um, I was making the cut, but I just needed to make sure people weren't going to pass, pass me. Yeah. And I, I needed, I had, like, a zero for a count, like a really low score. So anything you got was going to boost you. And I paddle out and it's, like, two-foot sunset point. And I've got Snip. Two foot? Yeah, it was literally two foot. And it was Snips, Larry Rios, and Keith Malloy. I, I love your freaking memory. I, yeah. I don't even know any heats of I anybody. Have, I have a weird memory like that. That is crazy. Well, I remember this. Larry Rios, you're not out paddling that guy. He's, <laughs> he's dragging on the sand and he's looping you like... Snips, yeah. they hassled the shit out of me. And I didn't make the heat. And I was like upset to like tears. You know, just <laughs> and I still made it, but I, you know, Mike and I still laugh about it this day. Oh my yeah. god! So what? Um, and just that was backtracking. Backtracking. What? How? When was your first time in Hawaii surfing big waves? So I always used to go and stay with Todd, and so he was. Uh, yeah, the worst guy to stay with. Right? Yeah, he would, and he was just relentless. Like because relentless. if if you didn't paddle out, like. He would make you feel like this big all day, like. But he taught me like one of the best lessons is like, hey, you paddle out every single day, even if you're scared, you just get out and line up. And he wasn't stupid enough to like, hey, if you're not comfortable, he wouldn't like push you into the lineup. Yeah, it's encour- more encouraging. That's it. You can do it, like in your corner, like dude, you can do it. If you just keep doing it, like it's not that bad after a while. That's it. You paddle <laughs> out the twelve foot day at sunset that's washing through, then it's like eight foot. It's like, oh, I was out. It was way bigger the other day. Yeah, and so that's kind of how it started, and I think also like Benji's house, yeah, because everybody's sitting in that yard, and if you do get a good one, the like positive reinforcement yeah. it was like, dude, that was insane. <laughs> you know, it's like, Jay, did you see Larson? Everybody that way? was, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a peanut gallery, but everybody, yeah, everybody wants to see everybody get a good way. That's it. 
and positive affirmation. You just like, but the old surfing, you know, saying is nobody remembers the good ones. They only remember the wipeouts, and that's that's as equally true to the T. Like, and and the other thing though is like that group of people. Like Shane was out the back catching second reef bombs. Like you know, and so you're you're hanging out with these people. You're like, fuck, they're doing it. Like, and and so all of a sudden it doesn't seem unattainable. Yeah, it felt like oh, okay, cool. Like. You know, and it, it definite well. peer pressure though. Definite peer pressure. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, I used to sit there and I, I would laugh because like you'd book your ticket to go to Hawaii and you'd go, okay, we're well, going for six weeks. And the beginning couple times I'd go for four weeks and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go home. And then all of a sudden you'd you'd get closer to six weeks and then it'd be like, dude, I'm staying. And yeah. all of a sudden you start like, I don't want to go home. Yeah. You know, and it was yeah. funny how that progression happened over time. Yeah. You just never want to leave. And it is. I mean, it's I mean, it's Hawaii, you know, but yeah. the waves and the power the the it's what you guys kind of the, live for. The, right? the, the diversity of waves over there and it could be, you know, super playful and small and then it could be huge, but there's always somewhere to paddle out. Yeah. Always. Like no matter, you know, but probably a the majority of what makes you stay there is the camaraderie of your bros, right? It's a tight little yeah. community. For sure, and like you, you're you can't leave that. You know, you, you get FOMO. I just right? wish we had a skate park like they did now when we were oh kids. My God, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, not not for the podcast. But do you remember the session we had on the east side? Yeah, yeah, I do. We can't talk about that. No, but, no, uh, that's that, cool. But but the thing is, is that I actually the reason I brought that up is another reason why Hawaii became fun is you didn't just like. When people go and they're like, I'm going to surf Rocky Point, Sunset Beach, and Pipeline. Yeah. It's pretty limiting. You're not going to catch a lot of waves. And yeah. you're cool, but you're going to not have that much fun. So once you learn that you can go surf like the an outer reef or a wave that's not a name spot, and all of a sudden you look around and you're like, whoa, there's no one here. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of get your wave count out so that when you do sit out at Pipeline and if you don't catch many waves, it's like, okay, well, I can go surf. XYZ spot and get my wave count up and feel like human again. Yeah. See, that's what I do every single day, bro. No, yeah. that's that's why I said it. That's I surf XYZ. XYZ. That's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. No, and you gotta, you know, like you gotta catch waves and you gotta go out and have fun. And the rat race over there is intense, man. It's intense. Like, it's intense. How, how long did you do the tour for? Ten years. Ten years? Wow. Ten years. Yeah. Long yeah. time. Okay. What uh, Mr. Consistent over here? Yeah, yeah. I just did what I had to to stay. I just wanted to keep a job. Yeah, you didn't do a lot of the QSs though, did you? I did sometimes, like, but I I tried like to just do the tour. Yeah. In the beginning, I did both, but then once I sort of went, okay, I'm not going to keep doing both. I just did the tour, and I I kind of hung on for that time. But um, yeah, I didn't have great results. Like, I had a couple finals, um, which. Well, you want to hear a fun fact, you guys? Yeah. Okay. Well, I love it. This guy surfed 297 heats. Wow. Yep. 297. Yeah. And he surfed in a 111 CT events. So that's about, you know, if wow. there's 10, 11 a year, you're on 10 years. 111 CT events. Jesus. With wow. 118 heat wins. Would you, where'd you get this? I have my sources. Wow. So basically it was one heat. I made it all up. No, it I just sounded one, really good. I won one heat every, every event. That's about right. <laughs> No, I mean, no, no, that's just, that's uh, this was funny. I just saw. It, it, uh, yeah. 
I, you know, my whole, like that whole career. Yeah. Um, I, I had moments where I was like, felt like, oh, I'm like good enough to be on the tour. But mostly like I felt kind of in the middle to like whatever, like the sort of anywhere from 16 to 25 was like, that's kind of where I felt I was at. Yeah. There was a few times where I'm like, you know, I was... A really I, good year you're breaking. You know. I couldn't be in the top 10, you know, like the year that I made the final, I made the final, the first event on the Gold Coast and I had Kelly in the final. I actually was like, I'm right there. Yeah. That event, I was like, I can win. You made the final? I made the final on the Gold Coast. Yep. And I was like, I can win. And Against Kelly. Yep. And I, I think what I remember at least, it was pretty close. I needed like a seven and a half, but it wasn't like considering it was Kelly and it was yeah. like, you know, and whatever, lost the final, but it was like, it wasn't a blow away. It wasn't a blowout. I could have won, but it and, didn't, but it was like, okay, yeah. cool. I was in the hunt. But that, that year, I think that was 98. I felt like was my best sort of chance to do really well. Yeah. You're against Kelly. So yeah, getting second's not bad. No. You know, I was kind of like <laughs> at, well, and so and one of his strengths, yeah, yeah, one of his. I mean, well, he's, he was and, good and so later in that year in France, I made the final, and he was in my semi, and I beat him in the semi, and then I surfed yeah. against I surfed against Damian Hardman in the final, yeah, and the the final started out, um, and I let Damian go on a wave, and he he got like a eight five or something on the wave. It was just stupid, like. Tide was coming up and the wave didn't close out because it was so high tide mm. and he got a really good score and then I sort of came back and I only needed a six and a half and I had priority but the tide went high and yeah. it literally had stopped breaking for like yeah. 10 minutes and I was like oh man you know I yeah yeah what it should have could have Europe how fun like Those was were Europe the days, like, the, like France even Spain and Portugal like the whole just Everything over there was just the best. Well, how fun the, was the world tour? Yeah, the tour was everywhere I mean, was everywhere was all killer. Over the place and yeah, sure you think, get you know shitty waves here and there, but for the most part, well, I think it was different too because it was kids today. There's a lot of pressure, man. There's there can be a lot of money. Yeah, it does. I'm sure there's kids that, that are having a lot of fun. I'm like I'm just older. I don't know what they're doing at night and yeah. whatever. But man, we were having fun. We were doing a bunch of stuff. It was serious, but it wasn't like. You know, it was yeah. kind of this thing that you were doing in your 20s to just experience and, and all this other stuff that you could set yourself up. But now it's like, dude, it's so competitive. It's yeah, so crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Because like, it's, it's kind of crazy because what you were going through, you were in the tour when it was kind of turning on where there's a lot of money in it, a lot of... Um, it was going from old, old guard to new guard to to dream tour, like so all within it was, your, yeah, your you 10 were like years. At, on the cusp of the dream tour. Bob right? started the dream tour like two years mm -hmm. in. like So I started in 94. I think it was like 96, 97. G-Land popped up. Yeah. G-Land was the start of it. And yeah. once that kind of happened, it was like, okay. You know, and, and like kudos to Quicksilver because the thing was, is like, um, the brands owned the events. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, the ASP was just a shell. And if, you know, we decided to put, if us three decided to put money in, we could run an event at, you know, Newland. We could run it wherever we wanted. And they just kind of went, okay, cool. Yeah, give us the cut and you're good. That's it. Yeah. As long as they got their license fee. Um, and so, you know, it was, events were, like we would go to France, it was Lacanau, 
Oscar Biarritz. Yeah. You know, it was it was always big beaches. It was big crowds. Yeah. You know, festivals. It was kind of like, all right, we're going to take this a whole different place. And it was brought on by Billabong, who was doing the Billabong Challenge. Yeah, I talked about this all the time. Yep, and they were going, wait, these guys are outcoring us and doing something way cooler. And so, you know, look, part of surfing and what we got to live was brands were battling. That's the thing that we're missing today, quite honestly, is that all these companies are owned by one company. Or two. They're, exactly. Yeah. They're owned by, but they're also without this sort of, you know, uh, I we got to be number one and we're going to do yes. whatever it takes. Yeah. Without that ego. One up everybody. Yeah. Without that ego. It's a healthy competition. It was a healthy. And it drove probably unhealthy business practices yeah. for sure. But it was, that's how the industry. And so when you look at those events, like yeah. Quicksilver did GLAN, Billabong was doing the Billabong challenge. It was like, this this battle and you were always trying to one up those brands. Yeah. Everybody was like, you know, oh yeah, we're gonna do this. Oh yeah, we're gonna do this. And that's how the tour because the ASP was a shell. Yeah. Like Bugs had this vision and he was and he was but if the brands weren't participating, his vision wasn't gonna go anywhere because there weren't really big corporate sponsors. Yeah. You know, it was the brands had to play Isn't along. It funny because when you say that, when you look back at what it was back when Bugs was on it it was all non-endemic, you know, sponsors. It was Smirnoff. It was Coca-Cola. Well, when Bugs was doing it back then, yeah. yes. Yeah. But then what had happened is those guys, there was a there was a, a switch where it's like, no, the endemic brands have to take more control yeah. because it needs to be more intuitive to what... Yeah. And, and the in. industry was becoming an industry. That's right. So they, they took a bigger role in, in sponsoring and, and, and directing for yeah they yeah. wanted to get all their dollar marketing dollars out of it so they wanted to like plaster the you know the, yeah the town the event and put a you know they did everything they could to they maximize did. well and 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 ultimately it became an unhealthy yeah. uh, way to to for the tour and, and surfing because everything sat in these companies they sponsored the events they sponsored the surfers you know, they, they put ads in the magazines and it became pretty incestuous. Yeah. yeah. Which is why, like, again, making some of the changes. Yeah, we're going to give a couple of wild cards to a couple of guys. And, then, you know, if we have three or four events, the most likely that guy's going to qualify. Going to qualify. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you did it for 10 years. Yep. Um, what year did you kick out and what was the deciding? Um, it was, um, I, I had been feeling it in the year. Like I was kind of like. You know, I, I, um, I did good that year at Bells Random. Like, I could never do good at Bells, but I made the semis. And I was like, oh, that was fun. But I, I had felt like I, I wasn't as motivated. Not, not motivated, just, you know, if you ever walk down the stairs at Bells Beach and don't feel magic, yeah. you should literally leave and never, like, you. I mean, it's magic. And when you do it for a while and you... I wasn't chasing something at that time. I wasn't going to go, hey, I'm going to be in the top 10. I didn't have a goal. Yeah. My goal was just to stay on tour. I, at that point, I was like, well, that's not really a good reason to be here. And so I knew that. And so through the year, I was actually had a, I had a couple good, um, good events. Um, and I actually came into like this, the Trussell's event. And I was like, I think in the top 16, I was like, okay, in a good place. And I had the weirdest thing that happened in a heat with Kelly actually another heat with Kelly where um, I only like the heat was kind of going back and forth I had a couple I had one higher score 
and I needed a six six point five, and the crowd was going bananas. Like I could hear people screaming. The, the the horn is counting down. We're at like a minute and a half. Kelly has caught a wave. He's literally on the beach. I need a six five, and a six foot set is coming. Oh my gosh. My heart is jumping through the skin. I'm like, I'm gonna get this fucker because we had played poker the night before, <laughs> and he beat me on the on the final hand. Yeah. I was like, fuck that guy. Yeah. And so came down to you too. Yeah, and I and I was literally sitting there, and and um, so it was it there was a little bit of wind, and I and I always like the way I would compete. I thought of one thing. Brad Gerlach always taught me like focus on one thing. Wave key. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so I would just get out of like. Focus on one thing. Yeah, just because it would help focus you amongst all the other shit. And it was choppy, and I, I wanted to get my first turn. I didn't want to break through the white water. I wanted it to be on green face. So no matter where I was, it was like green face, green face. I literally paddled myself out to fucking Catalina. And I missed three set waves in a row at Trussell's. Wow. I missed them. Paddled myself out of position. Could no, nobody out. Kelly's no, no. on the beach. You're by yourself. By, by myself. Yourself. And literally the crowd, I heard like just, <gasps> and I was like, like, you know when it, the wave goes by and you're like, how did that fucking happen? I'm like, that didn't just happen. Did it really happen? That just happened. Three of them. Yeah. And I was kind of the same. I got to the beach you're and like, I was like, done. I honestly at that moment, I'm like, okay, shit. Like something's telling me, like this isn't, this isn't me. This is the universe telling me that. It's time to time to go, and so yeah. I sort of saw through the back half of the year, didn't do great, started to fall off, like literally did really bad, and got to pipe and was like, okay, I need to make one heat to qualify for the tour, and uh, that's it. Yeah, I just need one one heat, and I got uh, I was surfing against Shane Beshin, I remember, and a little backdoor nugget came, and I got a a real high score, and and that was enough. I won the heat, and I was like, I you know came in, I'm like, okay, I qualified, I did it. I'm fine. And it, I never looked back ever since. I just never felt the urge again was like, best thing I ever did, super happy, great. But I wanted to qualify so that I could make the decision. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, just support, you know, bad support, blah, blah, blah. It was like, okay, cool. I got to make the decision and I walked away. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I was really stoked to make the heat. Yeah, for sure. Session's so, a huge, I mean, competitive prowess. So yeah. going back to the 10 years of being on tour, and it costs, you know, and sponsors pay for a lot of stuff, yeah. but... It's not a cheap yeah, lifestyle. Like, and I remember I, I texted you that photo yesterday. That's so funny. Yeah, that's good. You read for O'Neill. You're yep. riding Timmy Patterson's boards. Yep. And you were on Realm. Yep. Right. That was earlier, so that wasn't. That was probably early 2000s. So, when the Realm disappeared, um, I started talking to Bob. So um, I was a surfer's rep. Yeah. Randomly, and uh, when 9/11 happened, um, we were supposed to be flying to Europe, and um, I needed advice from. him. And, and I look to Bob because I'm like, hey, Bob, like, Bob Hurley. Yeah, this is what's happening. And I, and I went up and met with him and Paul Gomez. Um, and I'm like, hey, I'm in this really awkward spot. All the American surfers are looking like to me to represent this group of people about us flying overseas right after 9-11. Like, you know, and I was just kind of asking him, hey, what do I do? You know, and whatever. What, how, when did you... Because you obviously you have a, a pretty good relationship with them. Did you write for Billabong before? Or? No. Um, in fact, I 
I did. I just I wrote for instinct instead. I had two offers and I wrote for instinct <laughs> instead of Billabong. Yeah. <laughs> I still have. Sting. I still Rob have, fork on that road, huh? I actually, I actually have the contract. So we were going through all the old stuff, Bob's uh, stuff, and I found all like Sonny's contract. I oh wow! Yeah, it's really, really funny stuff. Damn. Damn. It'd be fun to go through them with you guys. You guys would die laughing. Oh, I can oh. only imagine. You can do a, a whole podcast on, yeah. on that. On oh, just looking at the sheets. Oh, yeah. That would be insane. Yeah. Let's make that happen. Photo incentive, get 150 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, so, so, yeah. So, so that was kind of the beginning of the conversation I had with Bob and Paul about writing for Hurley. And so the last probably like three years of my tour were with Hurley. Got it. And so, you know, and, and Jeff, and Jeff Hurley was actually doing the team managing then. And so I said to Jeff, like, leaving the tour, I was like, hey, Jeff, I don't, I, I'm, I think I'm tapped out. Like, I still really want to do stuff, I, you know, because I, I like the people. The people were great. I'm like, can I, like, I'll do anything. I'll pack boxes, whatever, you know. because yeah, you're kind of, I was like. You don't have a, a you have a surfing resume. I didn't know. But you never had a marketing gig or, I mean, did you ever even have a job growing up? Yeah, like a I surf shop. A surf shop. Yeah. Did you work at the surf shop? Which one? I worked at Infinity. GT was my boss. Sick. Yes. Yeah. So, so, yeah, coming out of the, you're, you're retiring mm-hmm. at age 35. Were you like, I'm going to mentor the next group of kids, or maybe I'm just going to get a, a job with the mag? I mean, was there options? Yeah. Like you talk, you, I mean, because you network, like we've had to have. I don't know. There wasn't. Like, honestly, I was like, I still had a contract. Yeah. Really to, and, and Jeff had, you know, given me a deal. And so I, I had a little bit of a landing pad. It wasn't yeah. like I was out on the street, but it was like, you know, I remember saying to Jeff, like, and Jeff was kind of a bigger thinker. He wasn't a... Jeff has never you're been like, tour, you're like not useful to us. Like yeah, he knew he yeah. wasn't that guy. Yeah. You know? And so he was just like, Hey, let's figure it out. Um, there's no stress, but I know that you're going to do like, he wasn't worried that I was just going to sit there and collect a check. Yeah. You're going to stay busy and, and make work and you're doing the drive throughs and you're I doing just other stuff. Bring that up. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing about your social currency, mm. right? Because you, I like that. Social that's I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's my words. Oh, right. I okay. made that so, up. Okay, it's like big the guy. Quan. It's the Quan. <laughs> the Quan. Yeah, Quan. we got it. But your social currency is your professionally professional surfing career. But you're even more important because of your time on the Momentum yeah, Taylor Steel Train, your fucking Endless Summer Train. Like, are you kidding me? Like all I, those things, but. You're smart, you know? Well, like, and it was just more, it's it's more of like personable and um, it wasn't that, it, it was more of like, you know, I think people kind of know what they, like, where they're going to go and, you know, they just, they fuck it up. Yeah. You know, and for me, your first instinct is kind of probably the right one. So, like, when I started writing for Hurley and Jeff was my boss... It was really easy because Jeff was a more broad thinker. He wasn't like, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, you know. Um, and so when I left, it was like, hey, cool. I knew I had a period of time to kind of work with them. And I thought the way I remember thinking was, hey, I can actually be more valuable to this company and try to help them sell things and, and do things that other surfers aren't doing because I'm not going to be on tour. 
I'm fine to go to the shop and sign, or I'm fine to go with the rep and go, you know, show a, a range. I'm fine to go work on product and learn about whatever. And so that was kind of how it started. Yeah. It's scary, though, you know, when you're about to make that decision and you're making yeah. a change and it's annoying, like, you know, are they yeah. inclined to putting me to work, you know, putting me on payroll? Like, there's a there's a lot of, like, ifs, Dude, ands, or buts there, It could have gone so there, sideways, right? yeah. It, so, so, yeah, you're lucky that Jeff is a broad thinker, but you're also, like, you know, and... and you're adding you're, value to what they're doing and have a lot of insight. Yeah, but, you know, like, that's still... What does that mean? You yeah. know, like... You got to still uh, perform a job and execute, like... But they created a role for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so, what, so what was that? I just... I came in and started managing the team. That's basically what I did. I was like, okay, cool. Like, um, and, you know, it started to kind of do a little bit of, like, help with some media and sort of change up the, you know, the plan and... Um, you know, we were at the time also, there you go, um, we were owned by Nike, um, but the connection wasn't super, super deep, Yeah. you know, and so there was a lot of things um, we were sort of learning through the time, um, which was really, really cool because, so that was sort of the stepping stone into really learning a lot from the, the people at Nike and how they approached, like, you know, sports marketing and just yeah. like, so sorry to stop you for yeah. a second. Did the Hurley pro was that after or before that was after, after. So that was so. like, so how that happened was actually, and, uh, and, and us open Hurley pro. Yep. Is after too. Yep. So, so, so Pat O'Connell <laughs> is the genius behind all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, infamous. Well, I mean, that was the early stages of Nike acquiring Hurley. Yeah. You know, and obviously, you probably, you know, you guys obviously needed to grow the brand. Were they giving you guys the resources, obviously, to, to do that? Yeah. Like, come up with a game plan and, and tell us. Kind of. And, and so how, how, um, how that kind of started to happen, though, is so the, the first Hurley Pro happened. Well, it was actually a Boost Mobile event. The, the Lowers one. The Lowers yeah. one. That was how we first sort of got into events. and Co-hosted? Like, yep. It, it was Boost Mobile presented by Hurley. Hurley. Yep. And uh, what had happened is I, uh, Kevin Meehan was, was my boss. He was the head of marketing. And he was going to have this uh, at his house. We had a whole day planned to just pitch ideas. And so I was like, he, he did that SWAT thing. Yeah. So so it was literally like we sat at the, <laughs> the house. Pros and, and like, cons. Yep. Yeah. And so I've done that with him. I had uh, I had coffee with Mark Fuel, and Fuely was uh, was the big guy at Boost. Mm. And so Australian guy, right? Yep. Yeah. So I was like, Fuely, you know, I've got this like thing, like, and he's just a really smart, great guy, and I'm like, you know, you know, what would you do in my place, like, you know? And so we started talking. He goes, Hey. Quicksilver was sponsoring this event. They're out. You know, would Hurley want to get in? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe that's my big idea. You know, that we'll yeah. we'll we'll get into this. We did. We only had Ace on tour. It wasn't like we were like heavily invested in the tour. And so I sort of put it out as an idea, and um, I told Rob, Hey, what do you think of this? Because Rob was like my sounding board. 
you know, at Hurley. What do you think? And Rob got excited. He told Bob before I got. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get the wild card, right? (laughs) (laughs) There's an angle. Yeah, Yeah, Rob. So by the time I had pitched to Kevin, Bob was in Kevin's ear going, you better do it. Wow. And so it was kind of like this funny sort of uh, triangle. And so, yeah, that was. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of wild. You know, it must be feel good to get like. I got a win, a big win. It was, it was really important. And it was pretty much right off the bat or what? It was not too, it was a couple years in. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, cool. Like, and, and it was, it was a dramatically different direction for Hurley as a brand. Yeah. Like, and it was around the time that we started doing the, you know, the Phantom Phantom board short. And it was like, and it, and it aligned to the brand. It was like, Hey, we're a performance brand. It was a performance way. Summer event. Like, you know, like showcase. That was exactly it. And then, I mean, what, who was behind, I'm sure it's you to like elevate like the athletes, like servicing the athletes the locker room, the shower. Yeah. Giving them a better spots. So that wasn't that like that. We could take the credit though. Yeah, I'll take the credit. No, that that was the team, and it was kind of like, hey, if we're going to do this, we have to do it different because, and again, we had, we had all the insight of all the brands doing stuff forever. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's what they did. How are we going to do it our way? Yeah. And so it's like, hey, let's just find a path. So, that was what was so cool about it. It was like I said, it was everybody was competing to one up someone else, and so we were the young sort of new brand. That was going to come in and sort of do something completely different. Mm. One of the things that we did that was cost not a lot of money, but was like a super big hit is when we did the U.S. Open. Hundred grand. The hundred grand. <laughs> but but we also we did an all star event, and so it was the the feedback had come back. Nobody was going oh, to yeah, the U.S. Also. Open anymore, and I was like, okay, shit. How do we get people to come back to the U.S. Open? So I called Kieran Perro and Mick Fanning. Who were both like the surfers rep? Yeah, I go, guys. This is what's happening. Like, I've been put on this assignment. That's impossible. Yeah, <laughs> like help me here. And stars. so we started kind of going through this idea, and there, and uh, a guy Jeb who was working at Hurley, who was our our main uh, event guy, is just unbelievable. We had kind of had this idea of all stars, and I kind of pitched it to Mick and Kira, and they got on board. And the next thing you know, it sort of blossomed into this little thing that it was kind of a hook to get people like, hey, they got voted in, you gotta come. Like, so like Andy showed, Kelly came, you know, all those people came that wouldn't have had to have come, Yeah. but fuck, they got voted in. They yeah. can't be assholes and not show up. Yeah. So they all showed That's up, but when they, genius. when they got to their room, we bought Apple computers and had them laser etched with wow. the US Open logo. Like Dane, all those guys which, that are like yeah, which isn't a big expense in the grand scheme of things, but it's personalized and touch. touch. Yeah, they're like cool. wow, they're really thinking this. It's very personal. They couldn't believe it. And so yeah. after that year, it was so easy. Every year, people were just coming. Like, hey, yeah. where's my computer? Like literally, hey, did I get a computer? That's what it. All came these to. rich bastards that could afford. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. You know what those? It was so okay. I yeah, you were honey. Yeah, success forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah but been. thank God. I left during <laughs> I left before all that because it got crazy because it for, went nuts for all those years that Hurley did it it was like each year was just the music mental. The, the, the skate ramp the, the yeah. mega you know whatever well, the park and, how, how um, was it 6.0 that took over that house that was on was it yep just on the north side of the pier yeah everything I mean everything was I mean there's a picture of uh, isn't it so wild the it was a blimp picture 
of the crowd. Oh my god! It was a stage on North Side. No, it was on South Side. It was on South Side. Yeah. And and that band. Um, MGMT or they, Weezer. They Weezer. Have, yeah. It, it was wild, dude. Surprisingly, how did it not become a riot? Well, so it came close, and so Jeb, who was. Uh, you know, that was like the sleepless nights yeah. is because that was why we left is that it got to the place. So if you guys remember Big Tony and those guys, yeah. they they, they ran point on um, a security. And yeah. so what we did is they were walking around with they were Aloha ambassadors or whatever they were. And they wore bright yellow shirts and they just walked around. And we're like, hey, you having a good time? And just so everybody knew that they were there. Yeah. Yeah. But we had to do that because. All of a sudden, like year three or something, there started to be fights and like stuff was happening and we're like, hey, this is going to get out of control. And all the good stuff that had happened yeah. was literally going to go out the window in a second yeah. because something was going to light up and it was going to be bad. And then like the behavior of like the kids and it was the like... on the bodies and stuff. Yes. Yeah. And you know, kids... Just got tasteless. It started bringing in all the non-surfers, yes. which you do want to come down and, yeah. and But it support, just got tacky. But, yeah, it got tacky. Yeah. And so that was kind of like, you know, we, I still remember after we had a wrap up and we all went into Bob's office to talk about it. And Bob was so stoked and he was proud because he's from HB and it was like this thing. And I think at that point where, you know, it was like, you know, and he's a, he's a pretty above the belt dude. And when he saw the writing and stuff, it started to get to the place where I think yeah. it was the, the, the time, sun, to, time, time to go. Yeah, you know, and yeah, uh, somebody else is definitely. And it's cool because I think Vans has done a really good job because what they've done is they've kept a lot of the like the really great stuff, but they brought the temperature down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's and a good way it, of putting it. Yeah, because yeah. it was it was on. You know, you think about it, it was a free concert, and Weezer and MGMT, those were big bands, huge. Yeah. You know, I remember sitting. They're globally there, recognized, hundred percent talent. Like, we were sitting there, and I remember. Um, oh, that's funny. Um, I was tripping um, that my phone would stop working because there was too many people. Yeah. The cell service was toast. Yeah. And so I was like, if something bad happened, like you're just, yeah, it was just weird. It was that fucking crowded. Yeah. It wasn't it, built for that. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, we, it needs, we need events like that, but it needs to be contained. Contained. Yeah. And, and you got to yeah. have some kind of control. Yeah. And then you were on the verge of being out it, of control. It was going to go out of control. And Jeb, yeah. who was our event guy, he was a military guy. And he was like, he walked in. He's like, boys, like, dude, too much. You know, yeah. and he knew. He's like, someone's going to die. So, it, yeah. So Don't need that on your clock. No. I, I'm really impressed. And I, I like to kind of highlight why, uh, how this happened of, of you becoming a huge marketing guy <laughs> you know what i mean because it's it's really interesting to me because it's a weird path know, it's a weird path and um uh I, I really i like to talk about how you know education you know we, we promote everybody should get a college yep. education blah, blah blah i didn't late night did it yep you did it yep and it really is a pleasant surprise that people can make it with people it. can make it and 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 it you know There's things people you, make it because they are passionate and hard working yeah and the work ethic is there and it's that's relationships the thing. too and it's, yeah. it's 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 having people believe and trust 
in you. That's a really yeah. big part. Dude. And that's yeah. huge. You know, you have people that yeah. were like, they're supporting you from Jeff to Bob to yeah. Paul Gomez and the other, you know, team you had there. Yeah. And, you because know, you can't. You, you became yeah. the marketing. What was your title there? Uh, Vice President of Sports Marketing. Yeah. Vice President of Sports so, Marketing. Yeah. So, so and I, and I think, though, is for kids that... That's such a big title. 15 years at Hurley. <laughs> but I think I think for kids listening, I think college is the is the easy it's the easiest path because you're you know I definitely miss things by not going, but I also gained a lot because yeah. what you do learn like so I'll use the U.S. Open as an example. So Roger Wyatt, who was the president at Hurley for a long time, really smart, unbelievable guy from one Nike. The, yeah, right? one of the people who actually like you say like he believed in me and I didn't know what I was doing, but he was just fucking awesome. But he walked in one day, he goes, hey, listen, he went down to the US Open and it was the year before we got it. Yeah. And he walked away and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm so disappointed. And he goes, and his, uh, his question was something like, do you know any of these people? Like, can, like why can't we do that? Can yeah. we do it better? And it was the funniest thing because, so I was always the um, person who was always asking questions. Yeah. So I knew everybody, I was, you know, and so literally the very next day, or I even think that day, I had the crew at IMG, Chris Conrad and them, in our office. Wow. And that was... What a timing. Well, just because I knew to ask questions, I knew who the people were. And, yeah. And it's the relationships. That's it. I and mean... It's like, you know, and I always tell kids... So like, this hey, is when, literally... This is... U.S. Open, somebody else was doing it. Yep. And Roger said... Why, we could do that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was... And it was... The thing is, is that when... Uh, for kids that are listening that you know you always have to be open and and when we talked earlier about being in the surf like hey everybody from the guy that is my doctor to turn uh, use the end of the summer i got the end of the summer thing because a guy that i surf with every day thought i was not an asshole in the water yeah <laughs> i mean really that simple yeah and and i got a smile on his house easy gets yeah. wave and like you know It'd be perfect for you man. yeah you, you just never know and so you you know for all the kids it's like hey have the biggest open mind ask lots of questions be super curious because you never know who's in the water and what that's going to mean yeah. and at a one minute when my boss who i looked up to you know whatever asked me like hey do you know anyone at that does the US Open, it wasn't, I didn't have a standoff relationship with people at surfing events. Yeah. I deeply knew who these people were. I was like, oh yeah, it's Chris Conrad. I know Chris, Jennifer Lau. Yeah. Boom, done. Phone call, oh hey, you know. And yeah. I, I remember Saxon. It does, it does help when you're Pat O'Connell yeah. and you're famous endless and summer stuff. Too. You know, Star they, Endless Summer too. They, they take your calls. <laughs> no, no but, but, but that, I mean, it, it, it does, and again, we go to, you know what you bring to the table yeah. and it is having those relationships and and being able to make those calls and people answer them like oh it's pat o'connell like yeah. well, they, that's, it's, it's that saying it's it's who you know that gets you there it's what you know that makes you stay for sure right yeah and that's that's killer that's this guy, you this guy over here that's great <laughs> social <laughs> currency mr jeez i love it great book yeah so so 15 years at Hurley. Yep. What, what other, I mean, you did, you got Vice President of Sports Marketing. That's yeah. So, big, big, big events. I want to know, no, I want to say, <laughs> Hurley, Lowers, Hurley, U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. 
any other, was there other events that you guys did anywhere? We did, yeah, we did Australia Open of Surfing. Oh, that's we, right. We had a plan we were going to do Opens. Oh, we were, OP, or those. We were going to do one in Europe. I said OP Open, yeah. yeah we were going to cool. Yeah, we were going to yeah. do one in Because that's what I think I remember is... That was kind of a plan for a little bit. Yeah. So, so when you quit <laughs> pro surfing and... You told your parents, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what were they? What were they saying? Now what, son? What Come to the family do? business. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, brush up on your Teflon. Well, like today, like they would never, like they could have never imagined. Like I didn't imagine, like it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like years later, you're still talking about surfing and talking about fins and. So what so. That's the beauty of our sport. I mean, that's like, it's, it's truly, it is a sport, but it's more of a lifestyle than yeah. it is a sport. Although yeah. you got to have that. It's a way of life, it. man. It's a way of life. <laughs> yeah. Social currency. Yeah. So yeah. What, <laughs> what happened after Hurley? So, yeah. And so, I, I mean, it was, I had been there for a long time. And um, so I was on the board of the ASP at the time. This is going so back. So for rep still? Yeah. No, I was oh. an event rep. Event rep. So basically, yeah, so because we had an event, um, the event position rep sort of alternated between myself, Neil Ridgway, Graham Stableberg at Billabong, um, you know, Rod Brooks at Quicksilver, and Doug Palladini at Vance. Like, we all sort of passed the baton and sort of did one of these. And so um, I, I, Dirk Ziff and a guy named Paul Speaker came and sort of pitched us on a new idea yeah. of, of running the tour. Um, which, which to me was super attractive because I had felt sitting in those rooms, some of the best thing about the brands battling each other, it was also a bunch of people who had battled each other for so long that it was like, it became a little bit incestuous. Like you stole my girlfriend when I was 12. Well, I hate, you know, I yeah. stuck my toe and you dropped in on me at Burley Heads. Like it, it felt like it was getting to that place where somebody, there needed to be someone in a change. Um, and so um, Dirk was super passionate about surfing um, and was like, hey, I've got this vision, which was to basically take all of these, you know, I don't think people realize how hard it was to get an event, to actually market your event. Because like at Hurley Pro, we were on the back end of Tahiti for a long time. And to get actual stuff to market our event, we'd have to go to Billabong, Quicksilver. We'd have to make a bunch of different phone calls because the ASP didn't own anything. They didn't have a database of anything. So every time we are trying to build up a story to market our event, you'd actually have to call every other brand. And and they would sometimes they go, Hey, you're gonna have to pay for it. Wow. Like you know, it was like you know what I mean? And yeah. it was just it made no Save sense. Free, man. Yeah, yeah, it was like it made no sense. And so, you know, amongst doing other things, you're We're making, all in this to win. Like, come on, yeah. we got your yeah. event, we got our events, like you know. Well, and then what what would happen is you would do your event at, we had ours at, at Trussell's and it'd be like, Okay, cool. And then I'm calling all these different networks trying to sell our event and it's like okay wow because it's like we would sign on the dotted line for a few million bucks and now we got to scratch some of the money back so it's like hey we do a deal with Globo or ESPN or Brazil or something you know and it's like so you're making these phone calls so you as the brand would have to do that part of it yeah they didn't we, we own the media rights wow. the brands own the media rights and that's a good thing no, it was terrible. It was terrible. Well, and the, and the events wanted to keep them because they had relationships that maybe they made a couple bucks back. Yeah. But you were starting from scratch every year, and then what would happen is that someone would make a deal with someone, and all of a sudden your deal that you thought you had would go away because they had someone would do 
like G might have said, hey, I'm going to sell Tahiti to ESPN, but I'm going to give it to him because I'm going to get a primetime spot. Mm. And so I'd go to ESPN, they'd be like, hey, Billabong just gave it to us for free. So now I'm just like, I'm screwed. Yeah, so all you sudden, guys are whatever, competing for the same yeah. ad and marketing space. Yeah. So, That's so crazy. So Instead of having a... A centralized, a central like, hey, this is this is the baseline. This is what we're gonna get, and we're gonna guarantee everybody a certain amount of, you know, coming out of the. I mean, it's always more more is better, you know. If you yeah. can sell not just one event with one brand, but eleven events all at once, put everything you know, in the center, and then do one deal. And so that was the way more attractive. That was the inception of yeah. the of the WSL, and why it made so much sense. Get all of us. We, you know, the the they they took our license. We gave it back. And basically, they then ran one place, one stream, one service. So everybody, because if you think about, like, if you watch the Vulcan Pipe Pro, it runs today. It runs through Red Bull's player, mm. right? Yeah. Everybody had their own version. So you to to actually watch pro surfing. Sometimes you didn't have the right player to watch an event. You're like, oh my god, I gotta download a new one. Yeah. Yeah. It was so simple. Their vision was, hey, we need one stable place. So it's the experience is super easy. We forget how like backwards it was. Yeah. So that was the vision and it was like made total sense. So I had a relationship with them and so when, you know, my time at Hurley, I always would talk to Dirk, you know, whatever. And so that was when, you know, I started to go, Hey, maybe I can help out, you know, the WSL. Um and so, yeah, it felt like the right time. I'd been at Hurley for a long time and was like, okay, cool. Um, jumped up and started driving to Santa Monica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From, wow. from, from and you're still Point. down Dana Point. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, not a friendly Did you day. have to go every day or was it like? No. You know, um, no, I didn't go every day. Um, but I, I, you know, I fundamentally believe that like office is a good thing. I, I don't love being in the office. Yeah. A, I'm not a fan of it, but I actually think it's a really good thing. And so I was trying to go up there a bunch and I was actually trying to learn a lot about what like everybody is. Yeah. Yes. You know, what they did, what they contributed, yeah. what, you know, be able to bounce ideas on the fly and instead of just here's an email, maybe I'll get to it later today or tomorrow or next week. And, 100%. you know, when you're face to face. You get shit done. You get yeah. freaking well, shit you, done. You went to the Hurley office quite a bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So every, every day. Every day. Yeah. And I just think that's... But Santa Monica is like three hours, four hours. One way. Yeah. And so that was a gruel. Like, yeah. you know, and um, so so I started in 2019 and we, you know, we we, we ran that, that season and it was, you know, basic. Like there weren't really any glitches. There was some stuff yeah. that can be better, some, you know... But there was always this idea that, you know, the tour is going to have to make some changes. Yeah. Um, but backtrack one second. Like, the when, when you said you were, they were doing, Dirk Ziff took over yep. and they had a, a really good plan about. How the tour is going to, yep. Yeah. And the tour from your time has become even way better. Way right? better. Yeah, like money. It was, and it's more stable. It's the dream tour, yeah. and and it's the production value is through the roof. Yeah. I mean, it's the greatest pro surfing's ever looked. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the thing that um, I I really uh, want to commend those guys for creating a Jeez. really professional. You know, the World Surf League. I mean, when you watch it on on your it's computer crazy. or on your iPhone, yeah, it's it's. 
Or your the, TV. The stuff that they, they come out with, I mean, yeah. it, it's got to be... They, they become a media... That's it. Right? Um, machine, right? Yeah. Content creating... And, and that's where we have a little bit of like... What should they be doing? I think they need to focus... They, they, they need to focus on the, the, the events because that's what it's yeah. all about. Yeah. But with the competition of... of or lack of Events. magazines and, and other other avenues to highlight surfing surfing and yeah. personalities yeah. and content and stuff like they have the I feel like a really really good they're in a really good position to yeah. to yeah. to do and, more outside of just the events yeah. with the athletes with on location and, yeah. and supporting like those destinations but as far as like how we view contests, right? Yeah. It's way heads and heads heads and tails way better than it used to be, right? Oh, for sure. And oh unfortunately, God. you know, COVID happened, and I mean, like yeah, we were you came out earlier, like the biggest probably final. numbers five million yeah. at yeah. Italo and and Gabriel like you know yeah. final to just and who who knows what could have this this year twenty twenty could have been right yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and I, I like it. That's every sport. Every, you look at numbers across the board. Everybody's everything's down. Yeah. I, I think you know. Look, and and I, I, pretty optimistic. COVID sucked, right? But if you look at the positive, it it gave us license to make some hard changes that I think you know people people are always going to have a hard time with change. Nobody likes to. Uh, I yeah. should say, no one likes when change is made when they're not making the change themselves right right um but this for example has been um you know challenging yeah because you can't actually see it play out you're sort of making these changes based on of information data that is coming back to the league based on uh the ever-changing world of how people participate and watch sport um you know one of the things that nobody really talks about is you know not not implemented this year uh, for a couple reasons, but one just being because this is always 2021 was going to be a challenging year for the tour, but 2022 there's a cut halfway through the season. Yeah. So where we you know there's you know Dave Dave Prode and I talk all the time about it. It's like the thing that's so great about the tour there needs to be stakes. Yeah, things need to and what would happen through the year. If you looked at because nobody's going away if they fall off, that just makes them hunger and they're coming back. Like yes. that's you need. Well, and and what would happen for a viewer? It's like it would start high, but then the season was so long, yeah. people's interest would wane. They get they do other things. And it's like oh shit, the back half of the season, someone might win, and all of a sudden the interest goes up. Yeah. But it's like hey, can we shorten that? Make it more interesting, but make more points that people have to actually watch to see. If something's gonna happen, and yeah. give the guys a, a little bit more time off than two and months, give them more time off. You know, like they don't need to be like a month, a month, a month. Like back up a few events, and then you know, like obviously it depends on where they're traveling in the world, and you know, uh, you know, logistics and stuff. But I'm a surf turkey. I want to see them once a month. I, I at least, well, at <laughs> least I'd rather see them. You know, at sometimes a couple times a month, and then have them have some breaks and and and. You well, know. because the creativity goes yeah. away if yeah. they don't get that time to be free yeah. surfers and go do other things, they just become contest rats, yeah. and that's not good for the sport either. So, 
you know, content, like, you know, uh, getting in, in, in impressions on the site, you know, like knowing mm-hmm. tracking traffic, mm-hmm. you find out who's streaming live. Some of these events are in the middle of the night here, you know, yeah. so I go back and I, I rewatch heats or I do the, the on demand or whatever. Can you guys track like, yeah. how many people watch all of that? Yeah. And which athletes are obviously drawing major audience? 100%. Yeah. Well, I, I remember this uh, when we were doing the countdown stuff. Yeah. Italo flew to Europe and, you know, bef- like we were literally watching the numbers skyrocket before he would pedal out. Yeah. Like, and, wow. and that happens. Like, you know, there's certain people who, you know, Kelly pedals out, the world watches. You know, yeah. it's like, um, you know, and, and waves matter. You know, waves matter so much. So like, much. If, if the waves are 10 foot at Chopu, your chances of getting people to watch are they go through the roof right you know if the title you know uh one year that john won or i think john won yeah and he won in portugal the viewership for pipeline was like literally like a, a third of what it was before because yeah. it was already decided it's already decided yeah. there's no stakes people want to see people win and lose that's why you watch like yeah if there's nothing if there's nothing on Nothing's gonna happen. Let's see the Hail Mary. That's it. Why are you gonna watch? <laughs> yeah. And so you know. And um, that's that, that's out of everybody's hands. Those people aren't fucking fans then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Soft. Soft. Yeah. But that I mean a lot of that's out of your hands. But you you try to set up those scenarios with with venues and, and having the waves at the right time of the year. That's and, it. and that's that, that's the way the system is. But you know I think you know going back to you know keeping the the viewers' interest is changing up the locations like the whole world the planet yeah. has so many good waves and they're able to run them anyways i mean they used to run at g-land which is like that's so far removed and in, in certain places it a, was back on the tour and I, i'm just using that as an example because it's you know it's but not I think an that's easy a, that's place an important you look at you look at fiji you look at tahiti i mean all of these spots and like Lyndon said the the, the the four angles of video the commentating they got people in the yeah. water that like it's a really Strider. well put together <laughs> i know yeah was water's in was in the water but uh or female but um you know it's a, it's it, the, the production's great i just would like to see on those down times more yeah more more about the people their training that the free surf sessions the what they're doing you know and, and really involve more of that looks side. like laura wants your job he i want job to, yeah i want <laughs> i want more drama <laughs> Laura wants to be. It's a. It's hey, a, hey! It's not actually from Huntington to drive to Santa Monica. This well, it's not as bad. Not as bad. <laughs> he's got it, a sprinter. Yeah, so he's got to sleep. Yeah, sleep. Here. <laughs> I'll go see some accounts and just pop yeah. in. No, I mean, but but everything you're saying is is totally makes sense, and I think that yeah. the, um, you know, the guys there, they, you know, especially during the pandemic, they've it's really kind of refocused, yeah. like what has to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, there's nothing more important than the world title. Um, best surfers, best waves, and yeah. this year is going to be a challenge. Like, hey, is Meriwether and Nuke uh, and Nervin? No, for sure. But you know, I don't know if uh, you know this will come out much later. But there was an outbreak in Queensland that just yeah. happened. They closed the state borders. Imagine if we tried to run in Queensland, we would have been stuck. We would have lost an event just now. Yeah. You know, and so um, going into that process, there was literally a. What happens if we run all four in New South Wales? Like the WSL got shit on for this idea to go to Lennox. Lennox wasn't even really one of the events we were looking at. We were going, we were saying, hey, what happens if we have to run four? 
let's put four on the board. And then all yeah. of a sudden we got nailed by Linux, but it wasn't even an event that we were looking to run. Yeah. It was, and, and this is the problem that the tour actually has, is that whatever they've done, it's so divisive that you've created, like, they can't do anything in, in a silo and quiet. Yeah. They, they can't work on something without somebody finding out. Mm. And what happens is like that example, like there was, a, there was an ask for a permit in Linux. The media got a hold of it. It went bananas. And then all of a sudden people got super upset. From our standpoint, we were just like going, holy shit. Yeah. We literally just are inquiring. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a no, cool. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be that I hate the WSL campaign. Yeah. It was a simple ask, yeah. And and really, what you got to look at the map and like what? Hey, we traveled the coast pretty intently, you know. From Where else can you go? Sydney to the Gold Coast, yeah. and you look at the, you know, the locations. It was crazy. That that hey, that would be cool. Like it's like hey, I'd like to see a, an event at Rincon. You can imagine you get the same response same from response. the locals there. Yep. Yeah. Well, you're gonna ruin everything, you know. Well, and. Yeah. Okay. This is just a thought because it's a good wave. Yep. Or good, good yeah. place. So before we talk about your new gig, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you questions that we kind of ask our other. Yep. Who did you grow up like idolizing? Yeah. Tom Curran. Yes. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Regular foot. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 By mean, far. Mean, you got mean bottom turn. France with, you know, for endless summer too. I, st- I stayed with Tom in Hawaii for like four years. We he always we stayed together because he was on the realm. Yeah, oh, did right. you have a house yeah. back then? Man? I I rented Ross's house at Sunset, mm. and so he'd stay there. It was yeah. cool. We'd surf Sunset Beach in the morning. First people every morning we'd run out. Tom Just was you cool. backyard Tom. Sunset. Tom sunset. and Adam Adam stayed there. Adam Rapogel too. Yeah. And we just had a little posse. Run. Yeah, wrote it. <laughs> and so we used to run out and surf Sunset. And um, dude, those were good times. You know? Yeah. And he he's a I heard type type of guy that. You're paddling out no matter what every day. Every day. Every Tom day. was just psyched and just, I mean, we would just get up at four in the morning and start drinking coffee and Tom would brew his coffee twice. It was like literally, it would double coffee up. It would be like thick and we'd just get so caffeine and psyched and we'd be just running out there and it'd be, who knows how big it is yeah. in the dark every morning. And, wow. you know, and I'd be paddling out with Tom and I'd be sitting there, you know, in the dark and looking at him like, oh my God, this is Tom Curran. Like, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, Ledge. So that's got to be surreal, right there. Um, what's West your, Coast? Wait, what's your favorite? What was your favorite tour spot? spot? Not the lifestyle, not the not the the wave reunion. Yeah, the, the wave, the reunion. Yeah, so mm. good, huh? How yeah, fun that wave! I just lo- I would honestly sit there and go, I just want to be on tour just to go back to Reunion yeah. Island. You know what? I just I did a little research, you know, on us. And we, we shared a song in, in Taylor Steele. Oh, good no times. Way. Really? Yeah. And uh, or no, the show. Sorry, I got the mixed up. No way. Yeah. yeah. And there's Is that a few the one ways where from, you came come out of the water? Yeah. Yeah. From from reunion. There's a few ways. But if, What's that band called? Oh, I don't know the name of the song. I'm not, do you remember I'm the song? Not, yeah, I do, but I'm not Dude, those are good days. But yeah, that stock <laughs> was so I loved it. Yeah, it was cool. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Reunion Island. Yeah. Perfect left. Beautiful girl speaking French. Yeah. Just like dude, in a couple of, a couple of sketchy ways and lots of sharks. Fuck, oh, so many sharks. <laughs> Isn't that weird? So just such a even, bummer. I wouldn't even go surf there anymore. Yeah. So. All right. West Coast board riders. Yep. 
You're Dana Point. Oh yeah, I'm 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 getting texts from my fellow teammates right now. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huntington's coming it's up start, in a couple months. It's gonna start back up pretty soon, right? Yeah. Well, they're holding like a, I think a final, a weedy like invitational KC oh, cool. June, right? Yeah. No, that's yeah. I think is May. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I gotta look again. Don't I'm not good with dates, but they, they've been there's been talks that there are events coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. How great is the West Coast Board Artist Club? Yeah. It's unbelievable. I too. mean, our sponsors, Caliente Southwest Grill, they, they right. sponsor the HB and, and Bonsai Bowl, and Joe, they they sponsor, it's, and they're down there, and yeah. good family atmosphere. We get to see all, all this our old friends. folk down yep. there, and the all next the generation. Yeah. But it's the coolest thing is that, like, we met last week, um, and at its best, it's, like, what it can be, and it's kind of on, on all of us to do it, but it's just that like path for the next kids yeah. and like building like good like vibes in your in your you know your area and um it's really really good dude it's it's bitching because you know there's there's nssa's wsa's all the amateur contests that yep. will hone their skills but then this at adds another dimension to it you know like you guys are going to pass along some cultural aspects that they would never get well and also it they there's those little pecking orders in mm-hmm. those age groups that they have to thrive and get above yeah you know you think about San Clemente you almost have to be a pro surfer to make any of the top four <laughs> spots in any age group I mean it's freaking gnarly it's right? stacked like you may if you are in the starting lineup for San Clemente it's like dude you deserve to be like, yeah yeah it's you're, a, you're pretty much on the CT pretty soon. Pretty soon. You know, <laughs> even the twelve year olds. But I mean, it's um it is really cool. So Eric Diamond is the head of ours and he's just he's all about this sort of culture and um of Dana Point and uh but so it's cool. Yeah, it's really fun. So um mentor the next little ground. Yeah. Wave pool. Yeah. You've partaken. Yes. I've had more than my fair share, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have must be it. good to know. People and work for the WSL. Have you guys all didn't didn't Hurley sponsor a contest there? We did. Or? So we yeah. did the first first one. Yeah. They Founders Cup. They no, no they dropped. Was one, oh, it was another. WSL dropped was a trestles. Yeah, sorry, the first CT. Yeah. They dropped trestles, and so we ended up just transferring our trestles into the wave pool. And they they gave you like a certain amount of days we for had sponsoring. Six right? days. Six days. So you got to surf it those days? What we did, we broke it into, we did two days for the kids, two days for employees, and then two days, Punker Pat had like sort of two days for sort of, uh, like... <laughs> what does that guy do? Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> what does that guy do? Come on. He's yeah. just awesome. He's, he's just awesome. Yeah. Aqua awesome. Aquaman awesome. It was kind of like, it was that and, and some, you know, Bob's, like just that kind of people. Um but it was funny. We did employee. We did two days. We had a, a hundred and I think fifty people that went up. Wow! Over two days, it was it was totally like Caddy Caddyshack Caddy Day. It was nuts. I bet people dropping on each other and whatever. Um, they put in the rules after our trip that you can't have that uh, many people. I believe it. Yeah. It was chaos, but it was because people get hurt there a lot. Yes. Yeah. I I did twice. You did. <laughs> I got stitches once, and then the following week. I took a fin to the side of my face, Jesus. almost slashed my face, just barely like nicked. 
There's but no water. He falls really fall. awkward. You know how you learn when you're a kid how to dive away you from your board? One? Like, yeah, he missed that day. <laughs> Where'd you fall? You fall on the right or the left? Both. <laughs> the barrel? The, the tube, I got pinched at the left, and then I was trying to get barreled on the right and went up and over. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So our, our kid's day, a uh, kid from um, Costa Rica, Dean Vanderbilt, he did a backside snap in the area you're not supposed to and took a header and a concussion. Ooh. And we spent the day in the ER at the Hanford. Not, yeah. a, great, not a great place. What a trip, dude. Yeah. What a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so crazy. Place is amazing, though. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so, so have you been to Waco or I haven't gone to any of the other ones other I went ones? I went to the one uh, randomly in Tenerife and the Canaries wow, wow. dang Super there's random. a weight pool in the Canaries why would they do that like spring sand to the beach right yeah, yeah. <laughs> go figure yeah there's weight pools yeah there's, popping up in yeah they're in, gonna put one on the North Shore of Hawaii yeah. just kidding yeah <laughs> you heard that here first so okay I guess yeah did you have any other no like I, I want to talk about the new gig the new gig yeah it's like two weeks it's been literally two weeks yeah that that it was publicized yeah i started a month ago i started a month ago so it's been a month you've Um, been the president for a month now mm -hmm. what took you so long bro yeah what pro deal (laughs) Um, i'm busy yeah yeah you know it's um we're we're literally it's you you can't you can't imagine it's starting everything and, and Jeff and the boys like really got everything up and running. So, yeah. I mean, really by the time I've jumped in, they've done so much work, you know, um, but we've got great designs. We've got great product coming, you know, you know, and it's it just, it, I don't know how to say like it, it, it feels, it's just really fun. It feels easy. Yeah. Like, you know, I was laughing today, a guy from, um, that I've known for a long time came by the office and every day we sit out on this little grass patch and we have lunch. And we all have lunch together. Nobody leaves. Everybody brings their lunch. Cool. And we just kind of like, it's the weirdest thing. It's just sitting around people that you want to be around. Yeah. It's not, you're not forced to. It's like, wow, this is actually really fun. Um, Simple. Bring it down. Like, just not, you know, doesn't have to be a rat race. Yeah. Nope. And, and it's like, hey, we're going to make great product that makes you have fun in the water and you know, want to be in the water for longer. You know, we're, we're sort of looking at John as that inspiration piece that, you know, he wakes up in the morning, if the waves are flat, he's going to go for a paddle. If it's windy, he's going to go for, he's going to put his sailboat in the water. If it's, you know, whatever he, he's doing something in the water all the time. Yeah. And so it's pretty interesting, like building product that actually works amazing in the water isn't most people's goal they make that so that they can make all the other product yeah but they don't focus on this they focus they're you know they're making all these other things and it's like hey we're gonna actually just really focus on making your life in the water better yeah and so it's like okay, keep it simple super simple yeah so so that's not, what's not the been, product i'm sure the product's technical and killer and you yeah, know and, all that but i mean and just not even the, too technical the concept. But it's just kind of fun like and so you kind of get into this like hey do you need the zipper yeah. Like, why the fuck do you got a zipper there? What are you yeah. gonna use it for? Get rid of it. Okay, cool. Now what? All right. Do you need this? Does this work good? You know, and and uh, and so that's kind of the genesis of the idea. And you know, just 
and we, we always say sort of get out there and explore is what John's sort of mantra is, but it is really, um, I've been around him long enough to know he's not the, um, he's never the one telling you like, this is how you do things. Yeah. He's learning. Like he picked up sailing not so long ago and he's just a sponge and he just like, you know, everything he's doing, it's like, it's kind of what I was saying earlier. It's about just having curiosity. Yeah. And that, that's actually the recipe to do neat things, yeah. is always being curious. And surrounding yourself with a really good team that's experienced. Like, that's right. You know, yeah. the team you guys are assembling. Yeah. You're at the, the top president. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, you know, you, good people you work with, good relationships. You're yeah. all, you know, inspired. You're, you know, it's just, you, that's, you need that to succeed, yeah. you know? Well, it's just neat because, you know, the timing of a new brand it's kind of like the perfect timing for a new brand you yeah. know the rest of the industry is sort of getting yeah changing like it, it's and... it's a little bit stagnant there's yeah. there is some new brands that have you know kind of making moves but you always the surf shops need like new brands and that's our preach every every time it's like Shops can't survive on a Ruka alone, or a, you know, yep. Vans, or an Outer Known, or a, yeah. you know, they need a different things to bring the register. They, yeah. they, 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 they need energy. They yeah. need energy. They need a lot of brands to to survive. And, and yeah, and we need them to be like, you know, I, I, it's so important that that ecosystem stays because it's it's so. Um, if imagine a world that. It just everything it, there's no local connection to yeah. those businesses you lose the entire focus of those like it becomes transactional none of it we're not in this because it's it's a this is not a transactional relationship yeah. yeah and the day that it becomes transactional is like that's what I think none of us really will we're like okay cool they don't need us anymore yeah. just owner owner involvement and and you know yeah a big thing that Surfer we're talking about and... is because, you know, we are cut from the same cloth, yeah. right? Like we both, we all of us are are surfers <laughs> from the beginning. Yeah. Some surf you know, better than others, you know. Some surf better uh, yeah. than others. <laughs> Why'd you have to bring that up, dickhead? No, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. like yeah. we we have a business, right? Like we're all in this business. Because not not just because we're businessmen, but because we're passionate about passionate about it, and where we come from it. Yeah, you know. Luckily, and we it all, is we a want, business and we for want, us, right? We want all of our friends and peers and stuff. We want a healthy industry, yeah. healthy sport, healthy. You know, so yeah. it's like you know, yeah, you know, you want to out just like you're yeah. talking with the competition amongst contests and brands. Like you know, we all want that healthy competition. Yeah. We all want to be number one, but you know, at the end of the day, you want the shops open. You know, you want, the, yeah. you want people participating in the sport. You want new people coming in the sport. So yeah, sometimes at the weekend, the crowds are going to be kind of gnarly. But you know, hey, they're you know, they're paying our bills. Yeah, dude, a hundred percent. And the thing is, is that the um, the world that we're seeing the change in and people like. I think it's amazing that people are getting out and exercising. Help, more. Healthy living. Yeah. And it's it's changed, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, you think back, like, so the change that we've seen in our industry was like, okay, surfing was doing this thing, skateboarding, and then it came sort of this X Games thing. Yeah. And it was sort of like, they pushed all of us together and it was sort of, 
these extreme sports that never felt right like to me anyways it it was neat i appreciated all the other attributes but it was they they grouped everybody together as this sort of x games thing and it was like the point zero 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 one percent of all the best you know that yeah that's not aspiring to like the general like public that just want to go out and participate and have fun like well, I can't do that, so I'm not even going to try. But, but, you know? but, but they also put a label on yeah. people, and that was the thing that was so weird. And now it feels like, hey, surfers are still doing a bunch of other things. Yes, they're skateboarding, they're snowboarding, but they're outdoor people. Like, they're going on hikes, they're going for paddles. Like, I was, um, you know, I, I have a paddleboard, and I was going the other day, and I saw, like, really young people going for paddles. Like, yeah. Yeah. people are going outside and doing these things. They're not being put into those labels outside of, like, hey, I just like to do things outside. Yeah. yeah. It, it's funny. You said really young people, but there's really old people. People who, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right? Like, yes. you're, like, surprised. You're, like, holy shit. Like, yeah. you are now going to try surfing? Awesome. You know, like, yeah. dude. I mean, so crazy. think about, like, so when, when I was starting the tour – Potts, Carol, and those guys were retiring at 28, 29. So weird. Kelly's going to be 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You know, I think he is 50. He's no, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Oh he just God. turned 49, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, I mean, you think yeah. about it, and, like, that's that's the opportunity is we're going to do this for a lot longer. Kids are going to do it for longer. And, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're all in this together. Yeah. Spread chakras, positivity. Well, we're at Supporter Brand. Two hours and 44 Holy minutes. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm late for dinner. Yeah. You're late oh, for shit. dinner. It's okay. But, um, yeah. oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. This uh, has been an amazing conversation. Yeah. I feel bad it, for you guys having to edit this. No, there's no editing. We just, just leave it. Just load it. Okay. It. The only thing I do is if there's a pause. Yeah. I don't think we pause because yeah, Lars always talks. So. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> this guy always, you know. Dude. What? Okay. Let's recap. Okay. Holy crap. Um, NSSA National no. Team. Recap, World, bro. World. You don't start there. Yeah. You start at the beginning. Oh, my God. This fool, this man Chicago. came from Chicago. Windy City. And he became a surfer and excelled pretty quickly. Yeah. And he grew up with Casey Curtis. Benigno Pena. Yeah. Mark Bellinger. Bellinger. Yeah. Rip. Yeah. Uh, but dude, that's crazy. And then meets the dream team. You meet, you start team. hanging out with Chester yeah. and Machado and Shotter and Slater. <laughs> and then you become part of the momentum and, generation. Uh, yeah, dude. And then uh, there you go. You're going to be. I surf with Lar in really good ways in France. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But this show's not about late night. Yeah. Did you get See, the cover? I did. You I got did. a cover shot that day. Oh, surfing? Yeah. <laughs> and then. Did you, Johnny, Saxon. Van Lennup, dude. Remember, remember like Freed and all those guys? Came, there was like three photographers that couldn't, couldn't get out. out. Couldn't yeah. get out in the yep. lineup? It was, yeah, it was, it was just like the sand and the waves. And, the rip and, yeah, and Van Lennup swam out there all day. And, yeah. Yeah. And then from there, you, you were going to go on tour in 92. Yep. And Bruce Brown left you a message. <laughs> Check your voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> you never know who's calling. And then that totally changed. Yep. Took you around the world in one of the most iconic movies ever. For sure. Endless Summer 2. 
And you guys you make it, it all sounds way better now that it's all like yeah yeah dude, because I mean, it's it impressive. is dude. like it sounds, I mean, you've, it's, you've it's, lived a freaking it's been a good a full life yeah it's been yeah. a good one and you, been, you're just getting started again yeah we're just yeah. getting started yeah so so then boom you end the summer you you, you ten rip years on tour for ten years ten years and then with no college education jumped into a well you started as team manager which isn't a lowly job but. It's not like it's a step in. It's a step in, but coming off a whirlwind world tour of ten years, you know, like you humbly, right? Yeah. Hey, I gotta, I gotta start over. I gotta figure something out. Killed it. Killed it. Right. Killed it and became eventually vice president of sports marketing yeah. for a huge That's company good. that fifteen years. That powering, but it's owned by Nike. Yeah. Right. So, think about that. The the gov the the governing the the people that run Nike aren't gonna let some slouch <laughs> run marketing for one of their brands. No. So it's a good time. The sh- the shit that you've learned, experienced, and brought to the table, though. Yeah. Oh my God. I'd say more learning me? than brought to the table, but yeah. But yeah. just, I mean, that's a, that's an opportunity for anybody with however many degrees or how much experience so they have. Crazy. Like, you know what I mean? It's like crazy. anybody would have had that as a dream job, yes. you know? Yeah. And, and honestly, bro, like there's not it's, very many people that could have done that. No, it's pretty lucky, dude. You know, yeah. like yeah, I trip out on it all that's, the time. That's an amazing accomplishment. Then I then he went back on tour. <laughs> then he went, went back, back on tour. tour. <laughs> Actually, to Santa Monica. <laughs> to Santa Monica. And then COVID came, so I got to... to uh, it was a one Did they want you to yeah. go to... Sorry to interrupt, but did no. they want you to go to like some of the tour events? It was kind of like between Dirk and I. I yeah. said what wasn't going to. Yeah. So it wasn't like, right. you know... Because I would have... And just, I need to go there. I need to go search some real good ways. Do you, you know, Maybe not yeah, 12 foot, 12 there. foot, you know. I got to make sure days, that... Uh, you know what's really hard, though, is when you do those events, you actually don't surf. Yeah. That's the thing that's a like, kind of misconception. Yeah. People think that they're going to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on tour and surf a lot. The ways yeah. get good, the contest runs, and you're there from sun up to sun down. Oh, they've been, yeah. say, they've been saying working. that about sales reps. I'm like, I don't surf that much, dude. I'm freaking working. Making sure. <laughs> It's not the dream. I love it. It's a dream job. You kidding me? <laughs> I love this job. No, but uh, I mean, so two, brief, brief yeah. stint at WSL, a couple yep. years, yep. transform, and then they're bringing the band back together. Yep. Yeah. Who who better than to run point? Gonna be fun. Yeah. Gonna be wild. Dude. For yeah. John John Florence's company, Bob Hurley, the Hurley yep. Jeff and Ryan the family. Ryan Mangan. Yep, that's our posse, dude. Can Dewey. Yep, Can Dewey. Yeah, it's awesome. Dude. Yeah, congratulations. It's... Thank you, Mr. President. Mr. President. <laughs> Pacho. I love that you guys can still no, have energy no for two hours and forty minutes. <laughs> Mr. President. No shoe wearing. No. Never serve. You still serve that leash? Don't have one. Yeah, dude, this guy. <laughs> I'd be like reef, rocks, cliffs, whatever, bro. No leash. That's so funny. That would have been the perfect. A leash would have been perfect. Do you do you use traction? Yes. Do you need traction? Because we work for a massive juggernaut. Yeah. Octopus. Octopus. 
They got sick traction, leashes and bags. Holy yeah. shit, you guys are on fire. This is like, this is like Ingram. <laughs> it's an infomercial. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. Holy shit. Hey, we got some um, some iconic life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some, some CBD. CBD rub for those Holy sore shit. muscles. Yeah. You guys yeah. are on fire right yeah. now. Iconic life has killer stuff. Dude, yeah. it, it feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I love you guys. Yeah. yeah. Pat, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you so much. Good to Peace. See you. Love you guys. <laughs> WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based systematic surf training method. For all surfers, for all levels. Check out WaveKey.com. That's W-A-V-E-K-I.com. Pada Sushi, a new sushi place here at the Albertsons in Newland Center. Your go-to spot for grab-and-go sushi, handmade, fresh daily. You can get all your favorites or get something custom. And make sure to stop by on Fridays for the $5 special. Pada Sushi. At Albertsons in the Newland Center off of Beach and Adams. Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, 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 we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.